There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, mm. pico de gallo, oh. purple cabbage, Yummy. and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. My goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. And I've already had it with Bo, and I've had it. Mia culpa. <laughs> I've had it with him today. Mia culpa. Why are you forgetting wires? I normally I'm on top of my wires and my cords. I don't know. You know what? We don't have to get into it. Every there, there's there's a lot of setup, and we're doing this in a very unusual way already. But I T L D R. Bowen forgot his charger to his computer, and now his computer is dead as Marilyn Monroe, and we can barely even do the podcast tonight. I know. We had to we had to figure out how to use a Zoom. That's okay. The Zoom interface, we should the say. The Zoom interface we're using. And listen, that's us both growing and changing. Yes. And learning new ways to record. Learning new ways. <laughs> and we have to um, apologize to you, the listener, the reader. We mm, were okay. a little buzzed. That's fine. And that's fine. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the chaos that was the first part of our two-part 200th episode spectacular <laughs> where we count down the top 200 culture moments in culture history we Matt made us a cocktail mm-hmm. um, which in this loose definition is a Red Bull and vodka I did I literally kept sort of referring to it as a cocktail it was a Red Bull vodka but here's the it's deal it's a cocktail I, I'm, yeah I leaned on it for us and I, I, we only finished about half of those drinks and we were flippy floppy yeah loose Lusagusa. Lusagusa. I felt really... You can listen back to it. You have the audio. We're slurring through the episode. (laughs) 
the pacing, we just have to quickly say, Matt and I really thought we could count down all 200 things in under two hours. Can you say. believe that that is something that we thought was logistically feasible? Us saying 200 things, all giving them like some sort of cultural do, like speaking about them a little bit and getting to the end. No way. No way. It, this just shows that we have a lot to learn about podcasting. We have so much to learn. And we thank you for being there with us on the way to grow. On the way to grow. On the way to grow. And I, if this episode were to have a title, it would be, it would be called On, On the, the Way, way to, to grow. grow. Should we call this episode, this two-part episode, um, 200th Spectacular? Yes. Just those two words. 200th Spectacular, part one and part two. two well, or, or should we say, and I always feel it's good to say in the title what the episode is. So maybe it's Top 200 Moments of Culture Spectacular. Yes, I like that. Or 200, the 200 colon, the 200 greatest moments in culture, parentheses, our 200th episode. I love that. And I really am in no position to push back on whatever you propose. I yeah, You owe me. I do. I no. really do. I love that. So it's 200 colon, the top 200 moments in culture history, parentheses, parentheses our, our 200th, 200th episode. episode. Spectacular. Part one and part, part two. two. And we have, we, oh yeah, we need the word spectacular in there. Our 200th episode, Spectacular, part one. Should it be this? And parentheses. Listen, yeah. hear me out. In caps, spectacular, colon, mm -hmm. 200, colon. Okay. The top 200 moments in pop culture history, parentheses, our 200th episode. episode. So part one. Part one. So the very, like, it's very, like, themed yes. to, the, to the number 200. The double colon is the only thing that's tripping me up. Is that two, not done? I think it's spectacular colon. Mm. And then what'd you say? 200. 200. M dash. Mm. Uh, the top 200 moments in culture history, parentheses, mm. our 200th episode spectacular part one. Close parentheses. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. That's, it. that's really good. That's um, epic. That's like an yes. amazing Baz Luhrmann movie. It's, uh, yes, it gives me like Disney vibes where it's now the titles are just one word and it's an adjective like tangled, frozen, you know? Well, yes, it's. I feel that when I say it's like a Baz Luhrmann movie, I actually immediately understand that he's sort of called many of his movies by like one word or two words. Yes. Moulin Rouge, Australia. What I mean is it has the grandeur I, of yes. a Baz Luhrmann movie. It tonally, it stylistically says Baz Luhrmann to me, and that's all I really want. Like in Romeo and Juliet, the and is plus, and that's how you know it's Baz Huge. Luhrmann. And that's how you, that, that's his little signature. And Moulin Rouge has an exclamation point. Yes. In Australia is in like big white letters. It's in amazing you have to see it on the font. It's an amazing font. And then um, what else? Great Gatsby has Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. That's why that movie is special. Oof! I, I never, I never, seen, I never saw it. You know what's unfortunate for Carrie Mulligan? What? She didn't make the list. She did not. She make did the list. not make the list. And you know what's interesting about Carrie Mulligan? I sometimes think and yeah, feel, yeah, that you used to have as your Twitter bio. It's, Oh, I am no. as pretty as Carrie, Carrie Mulligan. Mulligan. Please, Please confirm. confirm. You want to know something? It's still my Tinder bio, and I'm really? still on Tinder. Isn't that like you're still on the very the straight Tinder? I would say it's pretty gay. Is it? Well, I, I guess I just gay. mean like to me, it's Tinder is like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like through the male gaze. It's like very much like a breeding ground for like that straight guy who has a picture at Machu Picchu. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, Which, and the gays be at Machu Picchu down, boots. It's actually Rilla Culture number 20. The, the gays, gays be, be at Machu, Machu Picchu down, boots. Um, you know, it's fun. You get you get all types there. Yeah, I would imagine. All types of queers. 
at Machu Picchu. International, really. It's really an international site. Um, and speaking of... International. International. We have for you a list, not just of the top 100 best things in pop culture, but it's 200 because this is famously, as you may have inferred, our 200th episode or a second part of what is a 200th episode spectacular celebration. And today, what do we have? Today, we have the top 100 moments in culture history. So Mm -hmm. we, we finished... Our first half of this, number 101, was, of course, Furbies. Yeah, Furbies. We touched on how Furbies were a real toy that sort of stormed the moment. Yes. And definitely took center stage. And those girls were absolutely in stores. But then they, as soon as they were in, they were gone because they were selling like hotcakes, yes. as they would say. Yes. And we teased this at the mm-hmm. end of the last episode, the, last, the first it. half of this. We said, number one is going to blow your socks off and you will have no choice but to agree. No, number one is culture and you're going to have to agree on that one. You're going to have to concur on that That one. one. You're going to have to um, nod in approval on that one. Yes. Mm. You're going to have to co-sign that one. Yeah. And so what do you say we get keep going with our top 100? This is unbelievable. I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. Top 100 moments of culture. Ah! Yes. Ah! Yes. Okay, Matt, let's yes. kick it off with number 100. What is all right, that? number 100 is Tia and, and Tamara Maori. We all remember these twins. Sister, sister. The sister, sisters themselves. I got my own mind, do my own stuff in my own time. Oh, come on. And also, not only were Tia and Tamara amazing, but this also brought to us the J-K incredible Harry. Harry, who, you know, some people they knew prior to this, this is really the culture that influenced her, us to J.K. Oh, yes. I mean... Jacquet, you got to see in her full glory. And she built up the goodwill in her time at Sister Sister, I feel like, for our generation, for Mm. us, you know, stupid millennials. But now we get to follow her on Twitter and see all of her tweets, and they're so funny. But you think, you contextualize that against Jacquet Harry on Sister Sister. I feel that, and you know, actually, what I'm realizing is that Tia and Tamara are number 100 in culture, but really Jacquet Harry actually deserves her spot here. So we're actually going to call this rule number 100, Sister Sister. Moment 100. Moment, sorry, not rule. This is famous something else moment, moment number 100, 100 in culture sister sister, sister sister it's not just Tia and Tamara although we love Tamara we on the love real Tamara on the real all right so this is an example of us taking too long on one item of culture and we yes. have to keep going so number 99 Bowen is breathe by, by Taylor Swift, Swift. an amazing song, breathe. song now can you elaborate on what makes the song so amazing well the song is amazing because it's really it's just guitar there might be some percussion on it but it's her it's a duet with Colby Calais mm. um, a beautiful song about breaking up, growing from the breakup, growing from separation. It's a gorgeous song. I really love it. From Fearless. From Fearless. Arguably her best album. Well, that's an argument that we could have, but... But, you know, it's her one of two albums that has won best album at at album the Grammys. But to to sort of assign value on awards is very kind of capitalist of you. Anyway, uh, moving on to number 98, it is, of course, Breathe 2 a.m. by Anna Nalik. Now, if I might, I just want to take the floor here. This song was good before the Code Black episode yes. of Grey's Anatomy and then it became culture yes. because of the Code Black episode of Grey's Anatomy. Thank you very much. When Mr. Kyle Chandler exploded, exploded ass all over that hospital, which at the time was called Seattle Grace. Yes. It's now got other names. But honey, when honey. Ms. Meredith Grey had to fly all the way back because of the explosion of Miss Chandler, 
holy hell. And you know, the soundtrack of that moment was Ms. Anna Nalek singing breathe. And breathe, just breathe. Amazing wow. song. Okay, Matt's. what's number 97? Well, number 97 is, of course, Breathe, breathe by, by Faith Hill. Hill. I mean. Incredible song. The number one breathe. I, it's, it edged out Anna Nalek and Taylor Swift by a hair, I would say. Oh, Two I hairs. mean, this song, Breathe, is, it, it's really iconic because it's got that sort of thing a song does where it starts with the same lyric as it ends with. Yes. if you gets me the chorus is explosive. It's my favorite kind of country song where she uh, just lets it go in the chorus. Hard song to sing. Secretly hard song to yeah. sing because of the supposed to be that part. It's like a transition into your head voice from like a belt. Also, not for nothing, but Faith Hill, epic in that video where she's in the dress kind of dancing around the like, yes. um, uh, what, what's it like? The like. Is it a field? It's not a field. It's like a stone. It's like um. What the hell? It's, it's like rocks garden. that she's doing. It's like a stone garden. A stone field. A st- is that what they call it? I don't know, but Miss <laughs> Faith Hill, she, she was knew. in the stone field. She knew because it was on her call sheet. Yes. All right, and I don't know, was it the top breathe? Or oh, is actually, it or is number 96? Breathe by Michelle Branch, a.k.a. the, the one and only rom-com movie trailer song. It's unfortunately uh, the best breathe. We we spoke too soon. If I just breathe, then I feel the space between. I don't know. Everything is alright. Wow. Hotel Paper, a huge record. She had many huge records, such as the Spirit Room. Yeah. Such as, you know, Hotel Paper. Hotel Paper. Was it Room for Squares? Her or was that John? That Mayer? was John Mayer. <laughs> The, the male Michelle Branch. I get people with guitars mixed up. Um, but yes, she was iconic. Can we just really quickly talk about Michelle Branch? Yes. Wrote The Spirit Room when she was 17. Like, come on, Billie Eilish come Lord on, vibes. Come on, Lord vibes. Come on, Lord mind. Uh, come on, Lord mind. Thank Mo- you. Hive mind, more like Lord, Lord mind, mind, which is what talk- you need to write an amazing album at 17. Michelle Branch. Yeah. Breathe. What an amazing song. Another song where you just belt and then you got to pull back. Oh, she's incredible. And also, we don't hear enough covers of this. No. Kelly don't. Clarkson, I'm looking at you, Kelly Oki. Okay, Kelly Oki. All right. And so we're moving on to number 95. Talk about an amazing young woman who had an impact on the culture. It's Taylor Momsen in Grinch. Oh, she was the most amazing Cindy Lou Who. Cindy. And to think of what you are doing when you you are assigned the role of Cindy Lou Who, an iconic woman in culture, and to bring her to the screen and do her just justice, I mean, I'm giving a standing ovation. I'm giving a standing ovation. Speaking of Faith Hill, she ended up singing a Faith Hill song yes, where she Christmas, did. written by Miss Mariah Carey. Miss Mariah Carey herself. Which Matt Rodders wastes no time in teaching the children about that fact. I always teach the kids that. Whenever they come to one of my performances, I make sure to tell them, you know, Mariah Carey actually... She wrote Where Are You Christmas, and Faith Hill sang it, and then Taylor Momsen, I'm sorry, but acted it. Because she acted the hell out of this role. Yes. She acted the hell out of this role. And when then, Cindy Lou Who is supposed to be sad, you are sad. And then she grew up to play a mean teenager in Gossip Girl. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. She really, she was a versatile one. Very versatile. And then, versatile. of course, she was in the band Pretty Reckless. Pretty Reckless. Never forget, a Perez Hilton favorite. 
Oh my God. That 2007, 2008. What a time. Oh, it was Taylor Momsen's peak and we sent her a lot of love. Now, speaking of this film, number 94 is Where, Where Are, Are You, you Christmas, Christmas from the, the film Grinch. Grinch, which we have discussed. Which we have discussed. Well, we should actually make the distinction. Grinch is the title of the animated version of- It's my title. It's Matt's title, but the full title of the Jim Carrey classic, uh, Jim Carrey, Christine Baranski classic, Taylor Momsen classic is mm -hmm. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right. I just shortened it for my own purposes to, to Grinch. Grinch. Thank you. Um, but Talk I about think the song. This song is amazing. I mean, you know, it, it's about a young girl sort of confronting the fact that as she gets older, the meaning of Christmas changes and sort of is a comparison to life and how as you get older, you know, things they don't lose their meaning, but they change their meaning. Yes. And it's about the unknown and what's going to happen as you grow older. If Christmas changes, will I change too? What else will change? A beautiful song, a beautiful sentiment, and only the number one songwriter, Mariah Carey, could have written it. Absolutely. And you know what's a beautiful, gorgeous lyric? What? My life is changing. I'm rearranging. I'm rearranging. Amazing. You see it. Yeah. You see it. Thank you. Now, let's go to 93. Brilliant. Number 93 is Jim, Jim Carrey as Grinch in the film Grinch. Grinch. This performance was culture, Christmas culture. Christmas culture. He was giving you everything. He was giving you slapstick. He was giving you uh, some voice comedy. Oh, absolutely. He was giving you hours in the makeup chair, painful hours in the makeup yes. chair. And I'm sorry, but if Meryl Streep is going to get nominated for as many Oscars as Thank she you. has, where is Jim Carrey's nomination for Grinch? And I'm being sort of, uh, you know... No, you're... No, come on. Come you know, in. silly about this, but also in a real way, where is even one Oscar nomination for Jim Carrey and his many solid performances. Sexism in Hollywood. I think sexism. it's sexism towards green bean-esque comedic actors and it, no. it has to stop right now. No, say it's sexism towards white male actors. It's sexism towards white male actors to have Jim Carrey go nominationless. He deserved a nomination for Eternal Sunshine, I want to say. He deserved nominations for the following films. Eternal Sunshine. The seminal Grinch. The Mask. No. Liar, liar. Okay. Truman Show. Yes! He Thank should have you. at least four. Thank you, Queen. Okay. For Truman Show, for the queers to love Truman Show, that's how you know it's a real work. Real piece of work. This was a real work. A real now, work. we have the next one here, and this is one of my favorite rules of all. Number 92. The, the birth, birth of, of Bowen Yang. Yang. Important, important moment. moment. I wrote in parentheses. This, I wanted to take this moment off the list. No, and I, I said say. you have to leave it on because the birth of Bowen Yang was a moment in culture. We would not have Bowen. Can everyone that's listening right now understand? No. You You don't. The fact that you are given Bo and Yang no, is a gift. No. And you have to understand that and stop being so stupid. No. Because Bo and Yang is a gift in this world no. and he has come to this amazing place and he's going very far. And the birth of Bo and Yang is a moment in culture. And you sitting at home understand that your life would be completely different without no. him. You wouldn't be listening to this right now. No, you would be listening to this. No. We all know that Matt Rogers is the joy, stop. is the this, source. I, this is not is my rule. The sun in all this things, especially us, when it comes to this podcast. No, Oh, this brings Don't us to forget. culture number rule of culture number 91 that don't, don't impress, impress me much what was this this was a shania twain's i'm not i'm so sorry uh, no shania. shania twain song i got her visually mixed up with faith um and i'm so sorry this to also kind of took this video also took place kind of like in a desert yes she was hitchhiking remember she her was hitchhiking. iconic leopard 
and the leopard. But I mean, Shania. We're not talking about Shania now because Shania now is a little is a little wild. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the song that don't impress on me much, or the moment that don't impress. You'll me You'll notice much. that I wrote here that don't impress on me, me much. much. I didn't say a song. I didn't necessarily necessarily say a video. I said that don't impress on me, me much. much, and that's because that don't impress on me much. I believe is a movement beyond just the song. I think that don't impress on me much became something like I don't think so, honey. Yes. You know, it's actually rule of culture number 13. That don't don't impress impress on me much much is the the original I don't think so, honey. And it's such an amazing time to announce. Bowen and I will be doing a show called That Don't Impress on Me Much. And it will not happen. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's actually not a thing. Um, I gotta say, the reason I love That Don't Impress on Me Much is Mm -hmm. it's an answer. So many times in life, people are put like, putting forth questions. Yes. And it puts the onus on you to come up with the answer. But the question is, so you're Brad Pitt. And the answer that Shania That don't gave, impress on me much. That don't impress on me much. And it's, it actually is more about, it says more about you. Yes. Than it does about the other person because this other person could be doing something impressive. It just don't impress on you impress much. don't impress on you much. And so honestly, whenever I see anyone stepping up to me and trying to give me grief. Yeah. I just say, I look at them in the eyes. I maybe pat them on the shoulder and I say, that, that don't, don't impress, impress on me much. much. Thank and you. you should try it at home. You should try it at home. Try it next time your parents are getting at you. Try it next time your boyfriend hasn't cleaned the dishes. Mm. Or maybe if he does clean the dishes, just say, that, that don't, don't impress, impress on me much. It's the original. I don't uh, think so, honey. Let's it really is. move on to number 90, which is Obama, Obama election. election. Now, Who Matt, could you forget? wrote this down. Who could forget? But there were two, right? Well, there was two Obama elections, and I think that that this moment, the yeah. moment of culture number 90, Obama election, is when you really understand his election as as less a, a moment singular. and as a singular cultural shift and event. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel that Barack Obama is an amazing man in culture, yes. and he had to be on the list. He had to be on the list. So when you say Obama, Obama election, mm-hmm. you mean... The election and re-election of Obama. Yes, the election into the cultural consciousness of Obama. Yes. Um, what Ob- I'm really saying is the 2008 election. I'm, I'm talking about the moment when he got I see. I mean, first elected. You can't beat that. No. Do you remember where you were? I was in the East Village. Mm-hmm. I remember people in New York City running out into the streets cheering. And I was like, this is beautiful. And I, I had just moved there like you. Oh, I was in Union Square. Wow. And I remember... Um, being so elated that he was elected. And I remember running down the halls and it was NYU. So everyone was heading to to Union Square, Union Square. And there were these like every other like dorm room. Yeah. There was like one conservative kid like Ooh. sitting in his bedroom, like crying, like yeah. because his parents had obviously scared the daylights out of him that like if Obama got elected, they were going to lose all their money or whatever. Well, it's wonderful that it was so funny. The pendulum swung the other way in such a crazy, destructive manner. No, eight well, years later. Well, here's the thing: if you remember how good you felt when that happened, put that energy towards November. Yes. Put that and energy elect towards Joe November. Joe Biden oh to the Lord. White House. Joe. <laughs> we love Joe Biden. I said. I said to myself, I was like, you know what words I don't want to hear anymore? We need to restore the soul of America. Oh, I'm I, like, this is the most garbage, like nothing of a like placation I've ever heard. This is a battle for the soul of America. But th- which is another way of saying to me that like, uh, this is not our country, right? That like anytime something terrible happens, 
when it comes to Trump and or racism or both, it's like, this isn't our country. It's like, no, this is our country. And you saying that we're restoring the soul of America is like, kind and not to use this word, it, it is like, that's a similar type of gaslighting where you're like, this, mm. this is not the America I know that we're better than this. It's like, maybe we're not like, First of all, let's break it down into three parts, right? Yeah. Restore. Yes. The word restore means to like return to or like sort of like uh, uh, rebuild in a similar fashion to what we've, ex- okay. we've experienced before. Very MAGA. So that to me is saying we'd like to return to something. And I think we've been establishing in the past couple Ooh. of years that America is not something to be returned to. It's something to progress into. Okay. But okay. So then when you start restore the soul, the soul to me is a dog whistle because it's like a little bit slightly religious imagery. And yes. also it says something about like the soul, like the ancestor, like within, mm-hmm. like, again, it's this like kind of bullshit that reverts back to a prior. Yes. And again, and this is not what America needs to do. America needs to progress and move forward. And then you say of America, which gives people this like false sense of duty. So uh-huh. really in every single part of that slogan is bullshit. Yes. And um, anyway. Anyway, so, we love Joe. Thank you, Joe Biden. But we're um, and uh, anyway, so anyway, yes. Number 90 is the Obama election. Um, I just want to say, point out really quick. We just, we blasted through the uh, Grinch series, the Grinch trio. Christine oh, Baranski did not make the list. She did not make the list. No, that's she, okay. she, Chris, she never looked it hotter. Hurts. Never it looked hurts. hotter. Never looked hotter. Hottest actress in Hollywood at the time. I believe <laughs> she was on uh, Maxim. I believe she was on Maximum GQ, Vogue, yes. um, all of it. Yeah. She was. She had hottest woman titles, yes. um, but she did not make the list. Who did make the list is number 89. This is when, when Nick, Nick Jonas, Jonas got, got adult, quote, adult hot. hot. Remember this? I remember this. Talk about this. When was adult hot for you? I think it was around the time when he was releasing the song Jealous. Jealous, yes. It was a realization for me that not only was Nick Jonas a man now, yeah. But he was a hot man, yeah. and I unfortunately was powerless to whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of thing where it's like, what he really was a kid one day, and then was not the next. Yeah, and it was it was it was really like a a, a quantum leap. There was no transition. Yeah, because it's jarring, right? It's sort of like one minute he's like a cute kid in a band, mm-hmm. and then it turn you turn around and he's like not only like sort of a sex object, but like explicitly sexual and performing sort of his Mm. own sexuality for gay men in a way. Yeah. Which is like, it was such an assault, but one that I welcomed. I I welcomed it too. There was a very interesting discourse around when there was a photo of him on some yacht wearing short swim trunks and like looking sort of thick in the thighs and everyone saying, daddy, daddy, daddy. And everyone just being like, wait a minute, this is not like thick, or like, or people calling him thick and people calling him daddy. So it's like, we're, we're not there quite yet. And we're, and, and I think that's when the term thick got a little bit, you know, commandeered, let's say. So, so you think he wasn't actually thick and people were calling him thick? I, yeah, I gotta say, that's, that's my thought. I think in that picture, he, what happened was he was wearing a too small bathing suit. Yes. And he did look like a little love handily. It's a, it's an optical illusion. Yes. Absolutely. In a way that I will say, understanding that the bathing suit was too small, turned me on in a way I can't even describe. We're not saying that it wouldn't turn anybody on, but yeah. we're so, you know, It was just, appropriating the word thick. I didn't say that. I didn't say the word appropriate. It's just um 
Then what are you trying the to say? The word got started to get muddied a little bit. I see, I see. Know? So you're saying save thick for thick. Save thick for thick. Okay, I understand. Regardless, Nick Jonas... Um, made the list. Made the list. He made the list here. And let's go to number 88. Oh, this this was a moment in culture. Yes. This is the, the hairstyle hair of the, the Rachel. Rachel. Huge moment. I mean, women everywhere were so taken by Jennifer Aniston as Rachel and yeah. her hairstyle that they said, I want to get the Rachel. I have a question for you. Gone. Did the Rachel have to exist in order for the Karen haircut to exist? Dude, you know the Karen haircut. It's very Kate Gosselin. Sort of like, yeah, that Kate Gosselin sort of like, who calls it? Like a, like a waterfall in the front and scissors in the back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's, I think Sudi said that one time. She said that water, that hairstyle is like a waterfall in the front, like a front bang uh -huh. that's like a cascade. Yes. And knives in the back, <laughs> like dangerous porcupine yes. back. Yes. Um, I don't think that one had to walk so the other could run. Um, okay. But I do think that they occupy a similar space where they're so iconic oh. that they earn a name. And so I think they're iconic sisters. Yes. But the Rachel was it's not a, a moment. precursor. And here's the thing. Does the Karen still sort of exist? I feel like the symbol for like like in memes when someone is being a Karen mm -hmm. or when it's like like you, you have Patrick from SpongeBob acting a Karen in a, <laughs> Karen, in a Karenly way they put on the Kate Gosselin hair on Patrick. Yes, you know they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's actually really interesting. Um, I feel my thing is like they're both asymmetrical. Like yeah. the Rachel and the Karen are both asymmetrical, and they're both like bad. And they're both they're both wild, and they both got the highlights, and it's just there's similarities. Is all I'm it's say. they really do share a family, and now I am fully laughing thinking about the Karen hairstyle and how really stupid it is. <laughs> I had funny. an art teacher who had that, and it was just like, do you think it? No, I'm not going to say anything crazy. Go. I'm just saying it's like it's almost like someone who is toying with our sexuality a little bit Maybe, is yeah. like sort of like putting on a hairstyle that's like audacious. Listen, you can make the argument that to have a Karen is to queer hairstyle a little bit. It definitely is something. It's queering hair in a way. You wouldn't get that if you no. weren't, if you weren't by nature a little queer and that you wanted to try out yes. weird things. You know, Bell Hooks has described queerness as wanting to try out weird things. Wanting to try out <laughs> weird things. And that is what the Karen embodies. And what's a, there's a difference between having the Karen hair and being a Karen and behaving. Oh, we like should a Karen. say that. Yes. And Karen's come in all shapes and sizes and genders, but a Karen haircut is very specific. Yeah. And is a little queer. I would agree. And I also think it's actually really our number 87, which is describing, describing things, things as cool. cool. Now, I have always thought about this. Yes. Where did cool come from and when did it start? I wonder, did they were they saying it in the 70s, 60s, 50s? Where did cool, I where's the etymology? Know. But do you remember where you were when you learned the word cool and what it meant? I think that honestly, it's one of those words, it kind of, Cool kind of reminds me of like the word sucks, where it's like, mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't supposed to use it until I was a certain age. Like, oh, wow, you weren't cool. supposed to use the word cool? No, I think that I was, but it's like, it, it kind of reminds me of that same thing where it's like, I knew I was, I knew I had like my own opinions yeah, on the world yeah, when yeah. I was like able to be like, I think uh -huh. that's cool. Uh -huh. Like when I could describe something that I deemed to my taste as cool, yes. I was like, wow, I have like sort of ownership over my own opinions and- yeah. You know what I'm saying. I would say that this moment, describing things as cool, is really an individual moment for mm -hmm. everybody. Like, it comes for different people at different times. Exactly. I don't think we have to track it back to when people started using it. I just feel like when you discover for yourself 
what the word cool means and mm -hmm. that you know how to use it. Like that is a cultural moment. I just think, think about it. Like to, in order to describe, it's almost like, it, so the word cool would mean um, on the, on the sort of side of being cold. Yes. And to describe that as something that is good or valuable, yeah. that is so interesting to me. Yes. Like it had to start somewhere like, hey, that's cool. Like it's not hot. Although right. you would call something hot, hot. to say good. So isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. We don't talk about thermo political things in this no, way. No, we don't talk about thermo political things in this Thank way. Thank you. Do you remember where you were? I, I had a kid in the fourth grade when I just moved to America. His name was Shane Collins and he Pot, he was putting forth the claim that he had invented the word tight, like using tight as a No, the word. word tight was invented um, out, right outside of Bush Gardens um, okay. in Tampa Bay okay. in the year 1979. Thank you. And it's important that we say that it was invented by a... Um, kid named John David. John David. And it was said to his two friends, Trevor and Tyler. And he was talking about the tigers at Bush Gardens. He was he was saying, no, these tigers are tight. tight. And actually, um, there was an earthquake. Oh, my God. And no one was hurt. Okay. But the culture was changed. Was, was there an actual earthquake that registered? No, no, oh, you're no. Just saying, I was just saying there was John like a David cultural... John David saying tight was There was the a sort of cultural earthquake there was and even though there was a cultural earthquake it did not make the list it did not make the list the word tight did not make the list now number 86 i don't know about i love this i put this on it is matt, matt rogers, rogers wearing a harness, harness on game, game show. show a harness over a shirt and that is queer it actually was i had a lot to do with me not wanting to appear shirtless on camera i get it um but I'm happy that sort of, you know, the harness was at least it telegraphing good. something. It looked good. You know, I've never really been like a harness type of gay. You don't have to be. No one's forcing it. I've worn I've worn it a couple times. It doesn't it doesn't feel right on me either. Mm -hmm. But for in that moment I'll I'm, do a jock strap. Oh, we everyone love everyone should try to wear a jock strap. I oh, think it's great. Try sleeping in one. Oh, it's really Make you feel fabulous. Make you feel fabulous. The, the the moment of Matt Rogers wearing a harness on game show that I think is wonderful that it all culminated towards was the gift that's being widely used now of Matt, which is him saying... Um, widely used. Widely used. Uh, it, it's you saying... I'm attracted to you. Let's have let's have sexual intercourse. Oh, it's um, I'm horny. I'm so horny. Let's go have sexual, sexual intercourse. intercourse. So that actually was a note from Quibi because I said I'm so horny. Let's go fuck. And they said, hey, we have to take out the word fuck. And yes. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to say I'm so horny. Let's go have sex. So I was like, let's say I'm so horny. Let's go have sexual intercourse, which I think is what adds value to that. Thank book. you. I had to save it. I, I would have preferred to have just said, I'm, I'm so, so horny, horny let's, let's, go fuck. Fuck. let's go fuck. And that have been the clue. Anyway, watch Game Show if you don't know what we're understanding. What we're, if no. you don't understand what we're talking about. Watch, please watch Game Show. Please go seek out this GIF. I think you can use it in so many applications. Get this GIF. Get this GIF. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. 
Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details hey i'm matt rogers from las culturistas and i'm bowen yang did you know small businesses make up 99.9 percent of all businesses in the u.s the world is powered by entrepreneurs and if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Um, okay, so number 85 is something I can agree with. It is Stalker Channing as Rizzo in Greece. There are worse things I could do than put Stalker Channing on the list. There she are is iconic in this movie. Huge in this movie. I mean, Rizzo, what an iconic character in film and musical theater and mm-hmm. culture. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. Like, the classic bullying song. She is so good at being mean and, like, cold and removed, but remaining likable. Yes! She is one of a kind. And Stockard sang 
There are worse things I could do. She sang There Are Worse Things I Could Do. She gave it body. She she knew how to sing. And she was acting first. And let's just say other people have tried to sing There Are Worse Things I Could Do and they've done well, uh-huh. but it's not the Stockard. And I guarantee it's one of those things where we will never hear a version like that. And that's not necessarily because it was... She got the best voice of all time or whatever, but she's just acting. iconically musically acting that song. Huge. It's a perfect marriage, double helix of acting and singing. And she got a hickey from Kanicki, famously. Famously. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Number 84. This is a moment in culture. The, the Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone Tower of Terror. Terror. I mean, th- that is culture. You cannot get closer to a cultural moment that deserves its spot at number 84. Mm, I mean, come on. It soared to number 84 on yes. the list. I can't really think of more iconic theme park culture than that damn building that has been struck by lightning and inside it are the screams of people plummeting in an elevator, an iconic merging of story and theme park attraction. Iconic merging of, um, what's his name? Serling? Rod vo- Serling. Rod Serling's voice. Mm. That, that iconic voice that I could listen to that voice. You're not about to adventure another dimension. I think or something it's, like I that. think Rod Serling's got a hot voice. I mean, I can see that. I think he was hot. Honestly, it's that kind of hot voice where it's like it's a little bit nerdy, and that's how you know yes. it would sound really like like hot and horny during sex because like I don't think a masculine voice on the other end is always like no, the way to go. Sometimes like you want to hear <laughs> someone going for it. Wouldn't be tough like this. Ah! Oh no! You to see you in bed like oh this. no! I don't like that Matt, actually. Matt Rogers. No! Don't say my name. Wearing a harness on game show. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Wait, what does that sound like that you're doing? It sounds like Matt Rogers wearing a harness, harness on, on game, game show. show. It kind of. It sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like some some character. It so, sounds like <laughs> but something it's Rod I don't like. Ah! <laughs> okay, ah! Matt's blushing. Full I don't body. like that. Rod, stop. Okay, number eighty three. A huge moment in culture. Hillary Duff. Duff. Let's say it together. I'm sorry. Hillary Duff. Duff. Lizzie McGuire and more. You know what I love about Hillary Duff? She will not stay silent because no. I remember when COVID first broke out, she would she just posted a bunch of stuff on Instagram stories. Remember this, everybody? She was like, hey, all you fucking idiots going out to bars, stay the fuck home. Like, yeah. She like she has the shortest fuse and yeah. she's not afraid to let it light up. I mean, one of the only celebrities that hugged us at Vulture Fest. Yes! Of her own volition. <laughs> also, iconically on Younger. Yes. She is Lizzie McGuire. She is Lizzie McGuire. She was the biggest pop star of like those Disney girls at the time. When she came out, she said, so yesterday. And she said, come clean. Come clean. The iconic theme song to The Hills. Oh my God. Wait, no, The Hills was... Um, oh, Natasha I mean Bedingfield. Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach, yes. yes. Um, Started a feud with Faye Dunaway when she was, what, 15 years old? Yeah, what have you done today? What have you done today? What were you doing at 15? Not Certainly not starting a feud with the old Hollywood icon, yeah. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, certainly not. And also, not for nothing, but she was carrying on feuds with Faye Dunaway and Lindsay Lohan at the same time. That's you. That is iconic. That is literally her saying, mm, I want the biggest mess that's in her 70s <laughs> and the biggest mess that's my young under 15 ass age. Let's start a feud, bitch. Let's start a feud, bitch. And I'll still end up on a premium cable mm-hmm. sitcom. Yes, hon. Multicam. And I, you will still <laughs> listen. Not multicam, single cam. You will still listen to my dance records. 
Have you ever been on Molly while coming while Come Clean is playing a remix of Come Clean? Have is I playing? ever been on Molly while Come Clean is Everybody? playing? Everybody? Yes, I have been around you when this happens. When it's unbelievable. When it's safe to dance on mass again and you are able to maybe be on ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Come, come clean, come in clean, come in clean. When she goes with well, that part, that part of the song where she goes, "I'm coming." Mm. <laughs> no. Hillary Duff came on on the record, and we all just kept dancing. Oh, I Icon. mean, I'm sorry. Just the beginning of that song. Let's go back. Back to the beginning. And then she goes, back to where the earth, the sun, the stars all align. <laughs> so stupid. Amazing. But Hillary Duff is telling us to go back to the beginning of time. And that's how she starts her song about love. That's that's an acid trip. It's a mo- it's 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 rolling. It's every drug experience. Let's go back, back to the to beginning, beginning, back, back to when, when the, the earth, earth, the sun, the stars all aligned. aligned. A huge song. A poet. And I mean, so yesterday, Metamorphosis, the album, huge. Come on. We love I'm it. I'm actually like shaking. I'm shaking, actually. Um, and number 82 will have me continue to be shaking. And that is Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Iconically, our origin story. Iconically, our origin, origin story. Matt and I's origin story as friends. Our friendship is founded on our identities as barbs. People forget that. Mm-hmm. Super Bass really locked it in. Song of the Summer. 2000- it was clearly the song of the summer and i remember hearing it and like checking in with you like did you hear this one yeah. because it is deep in the album yeah. it is a bonus track it wasn't even on her album no it was a, it was a bonus track erstwhile bonus track taylor swift sang it on a radio show mm-hmm. and Nicki minaj credits taylor swift with the the super bass moment and that's an iconic moment in culture for taylor swift to say i like this song super bass and then the world turned their attention to super bass and they had realized what Nicki had created on that one on that which one. is i think the best pop rap song yes. of the past uh, since 2000 es- of the century so far esther esther dean icon icon a hook a to end all hooks and a video that matched the sonic moment. That ice motorcycle, are you kidding me? The pink leopard bodysuit. I mean, all the guys in the Pepto Bismol pool. I mean, so it's hot. unbelievable. It's so good. It's a huge moment. A moment, a moment, a moment. Thank that was you, sort Nikki. of Nikki's beginning, really. Um, number 81, speaking of the ladies. Good, good luck, luck booking that, that stage you speak of, Rihanna to Sierra. Who could forget this Twitter fight? Can you get into it? You tell the story. The story is, I don't know the specifics, but Sierra was on Fashion Police and a picture of Rihanna came on and Sierra took umbrage with the fact that Rihanna has not been kind to her at certain award shows or events or concerts, something. She said she was rude to her at a restaurant. Rude to her at a restaurant, even better. So Rihanna catches wind of this and then tweets at Sierra. um, I mean, I mean, she said, my bad seeds that I forget to tip you. Savage. And Savage. then Sierra said, Sierra said, I don't have time for this. I'm about to get on stage. And then Rihanna said the famous words, more t- fatality words. Good luck booking that stage you speak of. I mean, good luck booking that stage, stage you, you speak, speak of. Just the word choice. I mean, you can't beat that. Good luck booking that stage you speak and of. And let's not gloss over the savagery of. Oh my bad, C. Did I forget? Did to I forget tip to tip you? Because you? you must have been the absolute waitress. Don't go on Fashion Police and talk shit about me. I didn't get in your business. Good luck booking that stage you speak of. 
<laughs> it's amazing. It's one. It's the most savage. You should have known that she was going to release an lingerie line called Savage Fenty. And also, didn't she tell you that she was a savage? Didn't she tell you in that tweet that shook the standems before there were real before stands before stand culture really took shape we must move Huge. on um number 80 <laughs> michelle williams and anne hathaway's scenes in brokeback mountain we're not going to talk about the men enough has been said enough has been said enough has not been said about the ladies of brokeback jack nasty jack nasty that scene oh, you don't go up God. there to fish hun there's really not much to be said i mean anne hathaway I, I was like, we've talked about this on Blink Check famously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David Sims and, and Griffin Newman's podcast. Uh, but that's like the, Anne's first kind of prestige role after Princess Diaries, after Ellen Enchanted. It was a surprise to see her doing something like this. Yes. And she's iconic in it. That last phone call when yes. she calls Heath up and yes. tells him what happened to Jake Gyllenhaal. Unreal. Michelle, talk about Michelle. I mean, Michelle is amazing. Every frame of this movie, she's incredible. And she has that amazing scene where she sees them kiss. Yes. Totally silent reaction to that. And then the confrontation scene at the end of the movie when she says, Jack Twist. Jack Jack Nasty. You don't go up there to fish. And she throws the plates and screaming. Oh, my God. I feel like they recreated this scene of her watching them kiss in the new show Love, Victor. Wow. And you know, Bowen and I have just watched, well, I, I, watched, I last, watched every episode. Bowen watched e- the last episode and was impressed. I was very impressed. I was also very stunned. That's true. But um, there's a moment at the end of the season that sort of calls back to Brokeback Mountain. And I won't say what it is, but I will do this. I'm going to shout out the lead actress from Love, Victor. Her name is Rachel Hilson. Rachel Hilson. This girl is a talent. Yes. She, she is. is a talent. And Bowen, you can even see. I... All I got were like maybe five minutes total with her. No, even less. I don't even think you saw her speak much, but... No, I didn't see her speak much, but her acting, uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was she like, is a slay. She's a slay. She is so good. This I'm telling you, like, love Victor, and also Anna Ortiz is queen. Yes, Anna Ortiz. And everyone's good. And honestly, I liked Love Victor, and we. I'm, I'll talk about it on another episode of The yes. Pod. But there's more to be said about it. Anyway. Okay. Number 79. Taylor, Taylor Swift turning around, around to see large crowds cheering. cheering. Now, this is a this is like a, a common motif. And, and Matt's clapping. I'm clapping because it's what would we there would be so much less to enjoy in the world if Taylor Swift didn't turn around to see crowds and look the way she looks. You wouldn't get the, you know, sixth single off of the album music video that's just the concert footage. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. In all her albums, she has the sixth single. Once the cycle has died down, she releases in a music video, quote unquote, that's just the concert footage. And half of it is just B-roll of her turning around to be surprised that the audience is there and smiling. Also, if you've ever seen her in concert, she does still do it to an extent. Did she do a reputation tour? Reputation tour, she was kind of like, in a mood. Yeah, she was dark. So she was famously in a mood during Reputation yes, and she yes. was not like necessarily looking around and smiling at the crowd. Although you did get a few moments throughout that she was happy that we came. Yeah. But mostly she was in like kind of a sour mood during Reputation. Yeah. Um, which I think was the brand. But then you know, you know. she was back to turning around and smiling. In the Lover era. Um, during the Lover era and um, I guess we're not getting a Lover tour. 
she is rescheduling it to next year. Okay. She well, was doing she was doing lover festivals in different cities. I will be seeing that. I will be seeing because that. Because I love Tay. And but when I, she I, turns around to see a crowd, like she's surprised every single time and happy that everyone showed up like it never happened before. Yeah. That was brand culture for me. But what is the seminal moment of it? We know it is her and the beginning of the 1989 tour after Welcome to New York. Of course. Turning around. Peak. In that, peak in that like teal sequined letter jacket, letterman jacket. And just being like, oh my God, hi, 60,000 people. Yeah. Like, huge, huge. So moment. at 1989, by the time she had gotten to that level, it's like she was turning around and like she was like, ah. Oh. But it was a little bit less like, I'm shocked you came. And it was like, I'm so happy you guys are here. It was that. It was the white girl version of Michael Jackson popping up from the stage and people in like Budapest, like yeah. fainting mm-hmm. for like, and like screaming for like, you know, seven minutes straight. It's the white girl version of Beyonce popping yep. up, rising from, you know, a hydraulic system and everyone losing their minds as she glares at everybody in, yes. in her beautiful, intense way. The white girl version of that is Taylor Swift turning around over her shoulder being like, hey, yeah. I'm so glad you guys are and here. And also, this was also the really, this was the beginning slash peak of iconic Taylor Swift white girl stomp. White girl stomp. When she would sort of stomp the from runway. one area of the stage to another. And that was the the extent of the choreo. And that was just kind of it. And then a Reputation, there was like actually a lot of dancing. Yes. But the white girl stomp was never more happening during 1989. Yes. But Taylor Swift behaviors on stage, chiefly her turning around to see a crowd and being shocked that's culture. culture. That's culture. A moment in culture. Let's move on. This okay. is number 78, and it is Marsha Cross on Desperate Housewives. Brie Vanderkamp, huge. Brie Vanderkamp, I feel that this was the character that is most identifiable. Yes. I would say the visual like picture I have in my mind of Desperate Housewives is of um, Marsha Cross as Brie, mm-hmm. and the sort of energy I feel of what I remember it is Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria, of course. But the image is Brie Vanderkamp in a, in a tight bun. Mm bringing a huge dish with Rex, mm. her husband. Wow, that's so funny that you think of the tight bun. I think of that like little swoop, like sort of Miss Honey from um, oh, Matilda yes, yes, hair yes, that she yes, had. Yes, yes, yes. That like suburban freak. She had that, and the for some reason the scene that I keep thinking back to, and there's several scenes that I think back to when I think of Desperate Housewives, but one of them is season two premiere. This is after Rex dies. Mm-hmm. And she's just standing outside her, her house with like a huge... yes dish or something and then the other wives come over they're like Brie are you okay and she goes does anyone want this yeah and they're like no we're okay do you need anything and she's like well what a waste and she like throws away yep. this giant dish and it's like oh Marsha Cross that is the moment yeah Marsha Marsha Eva I'm gonna give some props to Terry I would give Terry props I would give Terry props uh, I mean, Lynette Scavo, Felicity, are we going to give her props? I give them all props, but I don't give any of them as much props as Nicolette. Nicolette. Who suffered a slap to the face while on set. and never forget that. And had to be electrocuted to, to die. <laughs> she was electric. Well, she died like four different ways in an yes. episode, but um, which was kind of iconic, to be honest with you. But yeah, uh, interestingly enough, when I was thinking about Desperate Housewives for this list, and I know you agree, I just felt it's Marsha. It's Marsha. It's the Marsha show. It's Marsha. When she iconically screamed out in grief when she found out in the last episode that Rex had died of the first season. Ugh. The moment, the like pearl clutching moment. And this was like back when like Desperate House was was, like the first scripted show to like make a splash after like years and years of reality, Mm -hmm. right? And I remember like the moment was that dinner party scene where she and Rex had just gotten in a fight and then like they're, all the couples are sharing funny stories about their significant others. Mm -hmm. And then you know what I'm talking about? Rex cries when he ejaculates. Huge. 
Unbelievable. A the great pearl moment clutcher. Of the pearl clutcher. It's actually rule of culture number 91. When, when Rex, Rex cries, cries, Rex cries, cries when, when he ejaculates, was, was the, the pearl, pearl clutcher. Yes. And now we're going to move on to number 77, which is Monique, Gabourey, Sidibe, and Mariah in the final scene of Precious. You know, this writer, Jeffrey Fletcher is his yes. name, won the Oscar for adapted screenplay for yes. this film. And you, anyone that disputes that, you could win an Oscar for this scene alone. The scene alone. Oh, my God. It, it got Monique the, the Oscar. <laughs> I mean, she won the Oscar walking in the door with this one. And also, Gabourey is incredible in it. Incredible. And Mariah is... Put some Ms. respect Weiss. on Ms. Weiss. Come on. Come on, Ms. Weiss. Come on, Ms. Weiss. Ooh. She I, really grounded the scene. And they, the three of them were stunning. This was an incredible scene. One of the best scenes, I think, I'll say, of, of yes. the century. I have to I have to think that Mariah is aware of the diametric sort of opposite of her like she's giving such a grounded scene and like such a like the polar opposite in terms of a person mm -hmm. from Mariah Carey right yes. like a social worker yeah who's just sitting there and like hey like all right it's like, honestly <laughs> weird though that she's it's it's interesting to see her capable of such groundedness she, it was amazing and also to be honest with you like you think and no part of her is like tipped off by Monique that she should be bigger. You know no. what I mean? She really understands her function in the movie and it's a great supporting performance. And you know, that that whole moment is it's so vivid, it's so good. This scene is amazing. And, you know, if you want to see actresses tearing it up, it is a hard story to watch, but it's also, you know, I think the it's movie an is amazing. Movie. Um precious. Come on. You must. You must. Let's keep going. This is number 76. When, when it was, was revealed in Frozen that it was about sisters and not men. Huge. This was iconic feminism. Because when you hear love in a Disney film, you think, oh, heterosexual couple, romantic. But no, this is the love of sisters. This is the love of sisters, and it runs deep. And only the love of sisters could save them in the end. Actually, if you watch and remember... I think you're Anna, I'm Elsa. Yes, that is true. Okay. But which I-, I I've it, thought of this many times. I would rather be the uh, the Anna in some ways. Why? She just gets to live. I have not seen Frozen 2, I should say. Frozen 2 literally sucks. Okay. And I say it on the record. Okay, but Anna feels like she's she's the one who's living the most life and Elsa's the one who's put upon, which I, I, I'm fine with being But Elsa the has world. the incredible she has the incredible talent within and she has the unbelievable power of all the stars and the, all the weather and all the moon and the, the universe within her. And when she learns to let it free and control it, she is unstoppable. So it doesn't matter that Anna is off having fun. But you are Anna in everywhere. You are Kristen Bell. You I will, and, that, and just like Kristen Bell, I will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Number 75 is Tina, Tina Turner's, Turner's 80s comeback. comeback. This was a moment because you know that she did not have an easy time of it no. with Mr. Ike. And and also, we can we say, Ike. we need to stop with the Ike Turner and Tina Turner jokes. So let's just say that. I was never, I'm always like, I. that's a pearl clutcher for me. Whenever someone casually is like, oh, like I'm going to be the Ike to your Tina. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no. Also, he was her monster and brutalizer. Tina Turner, we love you. That what? 80s comeback. The 80s comeback, What's Love Got to Do With It, that iconic hair. Simply the best! Everything. Just the end, to end Simply the Best with... Private Dancer. Oh, oh. you're the best! Yes. <laughs> she, oh, 
Honestly, she is a wild vocalist. Power. And you know what I wanted to do for my birthday when I came to New York? What? I wanted to go see Tina the Broadway musical. I know. We were we got tickets to, to see Tina. We had tickets to see Tina, and it was that week. I think it was three days before. And then they closed it down, before. and who knows if it'll even open again now. I know. It's closed until for the, for the rest uh, of 2020. We can't it. talk about it's it. It's anti-culture. Okay. This, let's Speaking of Broadway, yeah. this is rule number 74. When, when Ariana, Ariana Grande, Grande sang The Wizard and I from Wicked. And... Just unbelievable vo- unbelievable and somehow like the vo- the Ariana Grande vocal runs worked when she goes from Alpha Vaz's favorite team yes you did it that was hard and that look of joy on her face I know she right before it. she hit the note and also she had gone th- we can't talk about it but she had gone through something tough a few days prior oh. and then was on that show right after the news of that dropped yeah. and slayed that song down and to watch her get so happy like before she was singing it Beautiful. and while she was singing it I was like this is a triumphant moment and it was kind of like you know Bernadette Peters singing Hello Dolly it's like okay a child of Broadway has returned oh yes She's returned to the stage. She's returned to the Miss stage. Miss Star of 13. And now number 73. A, a talk about a return to the stage. Come on. Missy Elliott revealed at, at Katy Perry's Super Bowl performance. It was a reveal. I, just, I do want to point out that Matt Rogers wrote in revealed. She was one. revealed. When Missy Elliott was revealed <laughs> during Katy Perry... At the Super Bowl? Uh, and that giant, oh no, Katie was wearing that giant um, oversized, like. Literally every single one of Katy Perry's outfits at the Super Bowl were hideous, like, like which is tr- totally consistent with the rest of her career. And I say that in the most loving way. And we got to say, I mean, Katie kind of nailed the, the performance as a I whole. watched it the other day. Literally, I don't really know what else you'd want from a Super Bowl performance. I think hers was amazing. All the girls have done amazing The ones. girls have done amazing I have very work. few notes for the girls. Um, But Missy. Missy showing up, um, get your freak on. Is that what they did? No, no, they, they get your they, freak on and work it and work it. Um, and then lose control. Huge. Do you remember lose control? When that would come on at school dances, clear the floor, clear the floor. I got it. I'm sorry to bring up ecstasy again. Go ahead. That has to be a sicko experience. I've probably experienced not it. lose control, but pass that Dutch. Woo! When Pass That Dutch comes on and you're on Molly, I think I turned to you. I was with you one time when this happened. <laughs> one time. The time this happened that I can remember, I turned to you and I was like, Mean Girls is an amazing movie. Yes. That's what I said. I'm <laughs> sure that you did. And I'm sure I agreed emphatically. Because, because I'm, 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 I'm rolling and I can only think of Rachel McAdams being carried out by all these jocks onto the field. Outside. Truly it's, iconic. I'm just like, oh my God, what and an amazing movie. we're visual. actually going to get to that Come on. a little bit later. Now let's go to 72. 72 is Fergie, Fergie singing Be Italian. Italian. This was a moment in culture and it's worth seeing the movie Nine yes. just to watch Fergie sing Be Italian. And it is a joke to me that the Oscar nominee from that is Penelope Cruz, who was great, who was but great. she wasn't Fergie singing Be Italian as a, as a, you know, w- w- sort of, prostitute down by the river. Do you feel like Fergie outperformed Daniel Day-Lewis? Listen to me and look me in the eyes. Yes. Yes, Thank you. I do. Thank you. I think she was a shining light. Yeah. And let's just say Daniel Day-Lewis Could did, take a few did not hold a candle to Saragina. Saragina. Saragina would tell you. Italian is a, is a crazy ass If you want to know about the love. Ah! Fergie. She is psycho. I remember watching... Uh, interview with her about the movie and she goes well you know when I was singing Be Italian my character Sarah Gina she sings Be Italian so many times and so every time I said Be Italian I wanted it to be a different sort of meaning like you know 
when you say be Italian, it's like the love of food, the love of sex, oh, the love of culture, the love of the Italian men. You know, it's so many things that come with being Italian. And so if you listen, every time I'm singing be Italian, I'm singing about loving a different part of being Italian. And I was like, my jaw is on the floor at not only the words, but you reenacting. Well, I actually can Fergie. embody Fergie. Literally, when I was talking right Fergie. now, I was her. In my mind's eye, I saw myself as Fergie. It makes sense. It makes you being a vessel for Fergie makes complete sense to me. Do you remember the iconic last note? Do it. No, I, I can't I don't, do it. I don't last! And she's like belting her can I tell you something? big old tits off. What? I walked out of nine. I stayed for Be Italian. I stayed for Kate Hudson, I think was first. You didn't even see Marion Cotillard's second I saw Marion Cotillard. I even saw Sophia Loren, I think. I just, maybe I was Garda just- la luna. I just left before like the end. I was just like, I this saw what I needed to see. I saw what I came to see. I saw the women I wanted. I, wanted I saw it two times in theaters, once on a date. It was like the third date I had ever been on in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And- so this is this is just it's a, it feels like a betrayal for me that you did that. It's me and Sudi's favorite film. I know it is. It's so bad. I I just I want to I, I just want to complain. It's gay culture. It's gay culture, but it was also like Guarda la luna. It's Sophia. She's a hundred. I know. Singing. Kate Hudson has amazing hair, and yeah. she goes, mm. and it's such a good. It's such Kate's a Kate never Hudson performance. Kate's never looked better in a movie. Wait, now I feel like while you're here, we have to we watch have it. We have to watch it. We'll and watch we also it. have to continue. Let's go on. Um, number 71 is Normani. Normani. I mean, Normani has really stormed into the scene, and she has stormed right onto the list. Right onto the list. But you and I were talking, you know, you and I, not to pat ourselves too much on the back, but you and we've I- We've been saying. We've been saying, guys, the actual star of Fifth Harmony is Normani. None yes. this Cam- Camila Cabello. Mm-hmm. Who you know is doing a lot of is going through a lot of growth, and despite her you know very anti-black past, she's now <laughs> putting the work in with Mr. very anti-black past, and is now putting the work in with Mr. Mendez, <sighs> and they are doing whatever they can to 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 do right by by everybody and everything. But we don't even want to talk about Camilla during Normani's yes, moment. No, I'm it's sorry. crazy of you. It's and crazy. let's just say Normani, we've been talking about her for years. Normani was always the best dancer in Fifth, Har- Fifth Harmony. If you look at the work video, Normani is turning it out. Oh, and the work from home video she work is from home. she yeah. is crawling up and down that damn bulldozer. And then when you got motivation, I mean, motivation it was Do you remember you were, where you were? Do I remember where I was? I remember that day so vividly. I don't remember where I was. But I remember that it was constant watching of the video. Capital M moment. Talk yeah. about a moment in culture. Mm-hmm. Motivation video, just just calling forth these cultural visuals, these throwback visuals yeah. in a way that was so satisfying. Sit paying her respects to Beyonce. And <sighs> here we thought that out of all the girl group sort of B players that we already had the number one motivation when Kelly Rowland came out with motivation. Oh, no. And then Normani came out with her own motivation and she said, uh, look out for us girls who are not the lead singer of the group but the second lead vocalist of the second group. Second vocalist. Okay? Look out for us too. And we, we gotta say, Motivation by Kelly Rowland is this fantastic Another song. bop, but just didn't make the list. Baby and being motivation. I'm gonna have to actually, actually ask you to stop singing because it didn't make the what list. didn't make it. What did make the list is another song, number 70, Get, Get Out, Out of, of My, My Way by Kylie Minogue. I mean, from the Aphrodite album. Huge album. This is a huge album. And this song, the video, 
Go on about this. The video, you got all these gay men, mm. these upside down triangle men running around. Mm-hmm. I, t- I talk about their silhouettes. They're, they're just like beefy up top, top heavy, broad shoulder, just like fucking voguing the house down, down. Li- light projection designs. And then the chairs, Kylie Minogue in a red outfit, just walking up to this cliff, this golden lit cliff during the bridge. It's an incredible song. Goddess. Goddess. She was feeling her goddess iconography there. And this mo- this moment on the list is indicative of a much larger career that is Kylie Minogue and we do respect. I'm going to say something to you. Okay. You need to get more into Kylie. You need to get into the back catalog. I'm more. actually surprised this it took this long to come up. You Because you don't know that much Kylie. Is, would that be fair to say? I don't have like a deep appreciation. You know who loves Kylie is Louis Vertel. And Guy Branham. Like all the LA gays like of love course. Kylie Minogue and I just have this sort of I don't know. I don't know who fills the space where Kylie Minogue needs to go. Here's what you do. Start out looking, searching for her interviews. She There is no more charming deep pop diva in interviews than... She's, she's second to maybe share, mm-hmm. like, in terms of being charismatic in interviews. And, like, once you see them in an interview, you're like, yes, I love you. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Kylie Minogue is so great in interviews. And just listen to X, listen to, I mean, just everything. Kylie, listen to... I mean, Golden, I think, is a great record. She, but like, but Guy Branham said, wow, Gaga, when she released Chromatica, gave us a Kylie Minogue record. Like, we that is that. like the ethos of Kylie, just giving you dance anthems down boots. Okay, let's keep going. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas. And I'm Bowen Yang. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of laundry and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments
clients like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Let's talk about number 69. You don't have homework to do for this. No. The discovery, discovery of, of penicillin. penicillin. Antibiotics, huge. We could not be where we are in the culture no, without them. I don't think that I could have come back from so many sicknesses that I have had had it not been for antibiotics. Yes. And I just want to shout out to all the doctors right now. And we are thinking of you. We're thinking of you. Let's keep going. Um, This is number 68. This is an iconic moment iconic. in culture. I'm so happy you put this on. Thank you. When, when Ash's Charmeleon evolved into a Charizard. Charizard. Because this is truly the loss of innocence. This is the loss of innocence. This is saying goodbye. This is saying goodbye. And, you know, if you remember from the show, Charmeleon was not very nice to Ash. Did not follow his orders. No, but it's crazy because it's like, this is actually, there's a much deeper meaning here because the Charmander was really sweet. So sweet. Char you I, never would have seen this coming. There's a loss of innocence, but you know what else this is? This is a model of a toxic relationship. Yes, and it was really, it was Ash let him mature too quickly. And it was, it was, it was really what it was, was overtraining and it was abuse. It was abuse. It was overtraining abuse. It happens all the time. And... Because when you remember that Charizard was even worse than Charmeleon in terms of being so cocky, not listening to Ash, flying away from battles when Ash needed him the most. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, later on, I think it was in the Johto League that Ash gives up Charizard. Yeah, ultimately and he realizes they'd both be better off. But that's A very Brie and Andrew moment. Very Brie and Andrew moment from Desperate Housewives. Yeah. But this is, um, that was the moment that they saw each other as equals was when Ash was able to let Charizard go and Charizard respected that from Ash. So I, Honestly, think, I think it's a huge moment. Ultimately, it's this is one of the most, I think it's the most painful relationship in the Pokemon universe. I think so. And an amazing arc. And an amazing arc. Amazing arc. Thank you. Number 67. When, when Gaga, Gaga went, ah, and a star is born. This... I was with you the day the trailer dropped. Yeah, and... To say, I think I Googled it every day from when I saw the trailer to when the movie came out. Yeah. I was so excited for A Star is Born, and it did not disappoint. And to know that not only was that an amazing moment in trailer history, it was an amazing moment in cinema history. In a way that, like, made me forget. Like, it made me, it because for a while I was like, there's not going to be, like, a melodramatic movie that's going to rock us in, uh, uh, on a cultural level like this. Uh, 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 like, since, you know, I, I, I was thinking this thing years ago. I was like, there's not going to be like a, my heart will go mm. on. Yeah, I think that what we had there was the closest thing we were going to get to like a My Heart Will Go On moment where like a ballad like that was really from the soul of a movie and had to only be for that yes. movie like really crossed over. Although we did have Let It Go. 
Yeah. Actually, you know what? It's weird because I always think of like the moment of ballads from movies being huge hits as very yesteryear. But no, that's Frozen and, yeah. and A Star is Born both had huge Oscar winning yes. songs that were huge mainstream hits. I think Shallow was one of Lady Gaga's biggest records ever. I think it I think it has like one trillion streams. Yeah, on it's like really crazy the amount of streams of Um you're right. You're right. But, I, but you, one trillion streams. It's one trillion streams. I, I want to say it's a roller culture number eighty-three. Shallow, Shallow has, has one, one trillion, trillion streams on Spotify. on Spotify. But you, you know, it's like my heart will go on. I don't want to miss a thing. It's like all these like huge, sweeping, melodramatic songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they were like a thing of the past. But then here, here, Gaga and Adina go. Okay. Oh my God. Number sixty-six. Kelly Clarkson singing "Natural Woman" on American Idol. I have to give you the floor on this. So there were a lot of performances that were big moments yeah. uh, for Kelly on American Idol. And Bowen had suggested that we put Kelly Clarkson winning American Idol on the culture list. But the thing is, it was a foregone conclusion that she would win early on in the season yeah. when she sang Natural Woman because she hit this whistle tone note. She was rocking a tie and a little hat. She was sort of dressed like a little businessman. Yeah. What was the theme that week? This theme was 60s. Okay. And she sang Natural Woman, and it was so, she was 20 years old. It was well beyond her years. And I said, this is not only going to be a star and the winner of the show, but this is going to be someone in my life. And she has remained so. And I'm looking right now at at her her. vinyl, her Meaning of Life vinyl. vinyl. It's a signed vinyl. And she just won an Emmy, a daytime Emmy for talk show host. Halfway to EGOT. Halfway to EGOT and Kelly, I've known it from the beginning. I love you. You're a moment of culture. Do you have anything to add? I just want to say how emotional I am to see you pay tribute like this. Love her. She's a moment of culture. We love Kelly so much. And, you know, Kelly was, um, you know, Kelly earlier on in in the last episode was kind of involved in the moment of culture of Matt and I being on The View. Mm -hmm. she, She was the reason we were there. She was the reason we were there. She wasn't the culture that day. No, the culture but was us. The culture was us. And um, that gentleman who went to yes. go to the concert, but we don't speak of him. Uh, let's move on. Kelly's number 66, but number 65 is Sailor, Sailor Moon. Moon. This iconic young woman. Iconic took, young woman. took the morning time by storm Thank in my you. house. In your house. Sailor Moon, um, Usagi, Serena, whatever you want to call her. But just the, the world around her gave us the magical girl archetype in anime, mm. in manga. Um, uh, what, a, what a heroic girl fighting evil by moonlight, winning love by daylight, never running from a real fight. This mm-hmm. is the one named Sailor Moon. And the transformation sequences, Sailor Venus, Sailor Mercury, Sailor Mars, Sailor Jupiter. A dream. I could go on. And the Sailor Stars the series, you had the... the Search for Your Love. You had Sailor Neptune, Sailor Uranus, Sailor Pluto, iconic queer characters, queer Mm. culture, trans characters. Mm. A huge thing, a huge part of the culture. I just remember watching Sailor Moon in the morning and it was so early when I had to go to school that it was still dark out. (gasps) So it was like watching a a primetime show, but before school. I remember it was so early in the morning that it was on. It it had to be on at like, like... it was always dark outside. Yeah. Or maybe it was raining. I don't know. I was young. Okay. Um, okay. So we're moving on to number 64. This is Parker, Parker Posey, and, and Josie and, and the Pussycats. Iconic when she walks down the stairs to her own party. Why do you do what you do to me, baby? You're shaking my confidence, driving me crazy. You know if I could, I'd do anything for you. 
please. Oh my God. So good. And she is just sort of letting her body sway. It's incredible. I mean, and that movie really is like comedically like so huge. You had Parker Posey, you had a Eugene Levy cameo. Mm -hmm. Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming, Missy Pyle. Rosario. Rosario. Tara Reid, Rachel Lee Cook. Of course, yes. And Donald Faison and uh, what's his name? Um, Breckin Meyer. Breckin Meyer, we love, one of my crushes. Seth Green. Seth Green. It was like of the time, like so perfect, but then you had like the Christopher Guest flavor in there with Parker and with Eugene. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that movie influenced, we've talked about this before, but that movie has influenced me so much. Oh, it's also well ahead of its time in terms of of what it was saying and what it was exploring. Come on. Now, number 63 is Johann Gutenberg Gutenberg inventing movable type. Well, we certainly wouldn't be here. It certainly wouldn't be easy to live life without what he had done. Imagine having to read a handwritten book. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 no thank you. Not my favorite Gutenberg. That would be Steve Gutenberg. We but love Steve. Steve Gutenberg didn't make the list. You know who did make the list is number 62, Robin. Robin. We love Robin. Robin has created some of the most amazing music of our time. Yes. And I would actually say the song that defines our generation the most is Dancing on My Own. Dancing on My Own, absolutely. There's pathos, there's a beat, there's suffering, there's joy. And, you know, one of my fondest memories is of going to the Robin Honey concert mm-hmm. at Barclays Center with, yes. with my sister, Matt Rogers. Mm-hmm. And, and Josh and Mo. And Josh and Mo and Dave. And mm-hmm. we brought poppers. And when the poppers hit at a Robert, at a Robin concert, they hit. And I they saw, hit so hard. I saw Matt voguing the fastest vogue I've ever seen in my life. I was really feeling myself at that Robin concert. And how could you not? I mean, that was... That was one of the best summers ever, honestly. And also, that was just such Last a, summer. Oh, my God. It's so sad. That, that was a great summer. Last it summer was, was a so great summer. good. <laughs> no, I'm so sad. Actually. We'll have great summers. We'll have great summers. Anyway, Robin provided us with that moment and so much more. And I remember her in 1995, bitch. Show me love. Singing Show Me Love. And that is longevity right there. Yes. Come on. Swedish pop. Icon. To be celebrated. Number 61. Hey, clown, jester, you have done it again. Constantly raising the bar for the circus. This is the Michelle Obama meme replaced with words clown and jester and circus. Look it up. Look it up. And of course, foolishly. And doing and, it. And doing it foolishly. foolishly. It's perfect. It's you, just a good meme. It's a great meme. It was, and it's a culture moment. It's we, a culture moment. We had moment. to include it. Um, number 60 is Feud, Feud Betty, Betty and Joan. Joan. Where is the next series of feud? So I looked into this. Okay. So they were they were going to do Diana and Charles. Yeah. Um, and then they were going to call it something else, and it, it lost the feud name, like the pre colon feud. Really. And then Ryan Murphy signs this Netflix deal, so then I think feud is contractually bound to FX. <gasps> so now that he's on Netflix, he's like, I don't know when I'll be able to do feud again, but I would love to do feud again when I can. So we it's. It's indefinitely just done. But feud, what well, we had a feud. Isn't that sad? That is a bummer. Because yeah. I actually thought that feud was one of the better Ryan Murphy I offerings. I thought so too. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. But I thought Betty and Joan was great. Even though the writing is like I Ryan. love Betty and Joan. And I need a little bit of over-the-top writing like that sometimes. Yes. I mean, the last episode of, of Spoiler Alert, um, Jessica Lange is Joan Crawford. It's genius. Hallucinating all of, you know, the, the old Hollywood people who tormented her. Um, so good. She's That's truly good, good in it. And honestly, had it not been for Big Little Lies and Nicole. Yes. Um, that was a crazy year. It was a crazy year. And we're actually going to talk about it in okay. a second. Number 59 is S Club 7. I mean, these, these young girls, hot. Sort of like, uh, you know, trying to be the new group of the moment and succeeding there for a little bit. Because it was Simon. It was some... Um, 
it was, it was Simon, not Simon Miss Cowell. Fuller. Miss Fuller, Simon Fuller signing them. And this was hot off the success of the Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. You know, S Club 7, S Club Party. Um, never had a dream come true. Oh, yeah. All that. Just really songs for the moment. For the moment. And we can all remember that moment, sort of like wishing we had like a boyfriend or a girlfriend yes. at the time and sort of like, you know, so, soda pop fantasies. Yes. Yeah, that's how I think of them. Soda pop fantasy. Yeah. Number 58, I can barely see, is a little bit of a different fantasy of a soft drink or something you could drink. Yes. It's the, the invention, invention of, of iced coffee. coffee. I couldn't live without it. Me neither. Love the stuff. Moving forward, number 57 is Big, Big Little, Little Lies. Lies. I mean, for me... This is Desperate Housewives, but make it even richer and prestige and with an Oscar-worthy director and real A-list talent behind the camera. I identify as Reese in Big Little Lies. I have. I guess I'm a Shailene. I, we've never really figured out what I am. I feel oh, that, you say I'm Nicole. You I think feel I'm you're Celeste. Nicole. I feel you're Celeste. Okay. But with power. You're Celeste when she's in the courtroom. What do we think of season two? I don't hate season two as much as everyone else does. It but, dipped in the middle. But I would say that I would rather have Big Little Lies than not have it. Yes, you're like right. I'm. Oh, if if at the end of the season I'm mad because there was too much pulp on my drama about no, like rich A list actresses, it's like that's fine. That's fine. I'd rather like y'all. You know how many seasons of Big Bang Theory like have been I on? Know. We can get a few seasons of Big Little Lies. I don't really ever understand when people are like, "We don't need a third season." It's like, yeah, I don't need like, I don't need another a million dollars, exactly. but I want it. Like, but, thank you. And it's the same. A Big Little Lies season three would be the equivalent of, of a million, million dollars. dollars. You know what they didn't do enough in season two, which they also didn't do enough in season one, was not enough Marin Marin Dungy. Right? Well, I thought that she would be a bigger part. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But she wasn't. Yeah, I, she wasn't. And she also was iconically in private practice, the spinoff, when pilot. it was a backdoor pilot. And then they recast her with Miss Audra McDonald, who unfortunately did not make the list. Did not make the list. Um, Let's keep going. But who did make the list? Number 56. 56. Deborah, Deborah Wilson, Wilson on, on Mad TV. TV. One of the best sketch performers of all time, <laughs> in my opinion. You put her up there with Gilda. Oh, I mean, she pops on the screen like no other, and the choices are out of control, but they are welcome. Let's just, I'm, I'm truly rattling these off. You had Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. you had Bonifa Latifah, Harifa Sharifa Jackson. Mm-hmm. You had... Prehistoric. Prehistoric. I mean, you had, yes, Prehistoric Amazon Huntresses, AD. You, she was she was like the- Mariah. Def, she was Mariah. She was this default commercial parody voice. She was the Cecily Strong mm-hmm. of Mad TV. Um she she did so much. She did so much. Incredible. Oh, she did Diana Ross. Yeah. In a crazy Halloween theme sketch, if people remember, where she bit Michael McDonald's nipple off. <laughs> I love Mad TV so much, as people know. Deborah Wilson like popped in a way. Yeah. I fucking love her. And I agree. I mean, this is a seminal artist. Artist. And speaking of artists, number 55. Brandy Cinderella. This is the definitive telling of Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Thank you. And you had an Asian male lead in the 90s. Are you kidding me? She had biracial parents. And yes. it was just it was it was a Victor Garber and Whoopi Goldberg. And like I it was just a completely colorblind cast. Not that that even had anything to do with it. I remember being little and not even thinking about no, that. Of course. It was just like amazing to watch. And Whitney was the godmother, of course. Uh, the Whitney Houston. The Whitney. And impossible. Things are happening every day. I mean, come on. 
And Brandy, iconic, sitting all alone in her little corner in her own little chair. Sitting up in her chair. Mm. And did you ever see like the the interview footage or like the the the, the footage of them staying together at the at, in the studio? Yes, it's just beautiful, beautiful. and. Well, that was Brandy's idol. That was Brandy's idol, and like, but you could see that Whitney was pushing her because mm-hmm, she knew she was capable. Oh, and look, you had a gay dad, Victor Garber, mm-hmm. huge, huge, and the gay and dad Bernadette. was married to an of oh, Bernadette. Bernadette. I mean, iconic Bernadette getting a big part like that. We oh love. Oh my god, we love. I remember my mom said to me, "That's Bernadette Peters," and I was <gasps> like, "I don't know that, but I do know that. I want to know more." You know what I mean? I was yes. like, "I'm I'm actually interested in hearing more about this Bernadette Peters." Yes. Because there's something going on here. That was my first exposure to Bernadette, I think. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) So moving forward, we have number 54. This is iconic. Jurassic Jurassic Park. Park. Think about about all the culture that Jurassic Park has given us. I mean, not only do we have Laura Dern staring up in wonder at what we then realized later was a CGI dinosaur. There wasn't even Uh, anything for her to look at. Talk about acting. Talk about acting. Then you've got, I mean... B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong serving up iconic fish villain. You got that T-Rex, another villain in the film. Very big, very mean. The raptors, extremely nasty. Very nasty raptors. And we had um, the most handsome creation of all. Yes. As Dr. Ian. Dr. Ian. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Thank you. And why Jeff. is his Je- Mr. Miss, Jeff Goldblum? Mr. Jeff Goldblum. And we this had. This is a sex icon. Sex icon. You had the iconic little cartoon strain of DNA narrating how the park came to be, talking about the amber, talking about the mosquito. Dinosaur theme park. They sat down and they wrote Dinosaur Theme Park. Of course, this was a novel first. Thank you, Michael Crichton. Thank you, Michael. Then we had Steven Spielberg make it into the amazing moment. And then we have the theme parks everywhere nationwide. I mean, internationally, girl, Jurassic Park. Now we have Jurassic World. The movies are um, trying something new. Yes. But they do give us Bryce Dallas Howard outrunning a T-Rex in her heels. We love that. And then in the second movie, A Ponytail. Chaotic good. Chaotic good. This is the definition of chaotic good. Absolutely. It's actually rule of culture number 70. Bryce Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard outrunning a a T-Rex is is the definition of chaotic good. good. Thank you. Let's move on. Number 53 is Dr. Chase Meridian. We just watched this film. I haven't seen any... I haven't seen... A lot of Schumacher. I have not seen a Schumacher film since he passed away. Oh, you need to watch Batman Forever and Batman and Robin in a double feature because Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase Meridian is not what you remember. She is driven only by her sexual impulses in the film. She has iconic Veronica Lake hair. She rings the bat symbol, which means that something is happening just so she can get Batman on a roof so that she can, like, you know, sort of position him. She is flashing her boobies around. Like she is driven wild by her own wiles, and this was, and she's a psychotherapist. This is Val Kilmer Batman. Val not, Kilmer not even Batman. the hottest Batman. I'm sorry to say. I mean, not even close. Yeah. Who do you think is the hottest hottest Batman? I mean, if I if to be to be totally honest with you, the hottest Batman Christian? flat out period is Christian Bale. Yeah. You have a body like that. George Clooney, you didn't see the body. Well, he wasn't even trying. George Clooney? No, he was like yeah. mad to be there. Yeah, yeah, of course. He wasn't even happy about being there. God. Batman and Robin is truly, truly crazy. Oh, it's one of the most insane movies ever, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, Okay, so number 52 is The The Sims. Sims. What would be without The Sims? One of the best-selling games of all time. Um, You know... You could live out all your fantasies on The Sims. You could, you. I did feel rich playing The Sims mm-hmm. after Rosebud, of course, mm-hmm. after the Rosebud cheat. But you know, to live out your fantasies by building the, as big of a house as you wanted, um, 
I felt rich. I've never felt. Did wealthier. you ever do the code to get unlimited money? Yeah, Rosebud. Yeah, Rosebud. Yes. Always, always, always. And you know, it was fun to, in the sequels, you know. Uh, there's aspirations that you can work with, and it was fun to sort of, um, you know, make my character the mayor of SimCity. That's incredible. Thank you. See, I was like a roller coaster tycoon person. Yes. But I feel that The Sims earned its place here because I even played The Sims as well, and to sort of watch my characters quote unquote interact was um, very formidable for me. Yes. For, for, not formidable. It was formative. Um, formative. And formidable. And uh, I don't know my words, but I do in my heart. Let's keep going. Um, let's keep going. Number 51. Fiona, Fiona Apple's, Apple's VMA, VMA speech. speech. The world is shit. The world is bullshit. The world is bullshit. Um, this is bullshit, she said. And she was right. She was right, and she said, go with yourself. Go with yourself. Go with yourself. Isn't that beautiful? Honestly, she only looked crazy at the time, but now, no. looking back, ahead of her time. Ahead of her time. Go with yourself. Don't I, go with what this industry wants you to do. Go with, go with yourself. yourself. And what? Like Also, like what, 18 at the time? Young. Michelle Branch age, Billie Eilish age, Kate Bush age. Smart ass. Smart ass girl. And moving forward, we have another uh, incredible ass. Number 50. Lucy Lou saying flip, flip your, your goddamn, goddamn hair in Charlie's Angels. Angels. To, of course, Cameron Diaz, who then flipped her hair to, to great Luke success. To, to great success to and Luke And to Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, who was hot in that movie. Hot. But also, Matt LeBlanc was also hot in that movie, and so was Sam Rockwell. So was Sam Rockwell. Oh, Tom Green was Drew Barrymore's love interest. Not hot in the movie. But, you know, he served, a, he served a purpose. He was goofy. Definitely goofy. I love Charlie's Angels. Me too. Oh, my God. McGee. Iconically. Like, like a really well-directed movie. And the writing is so fun. And it's really... that's. I mean, it did what the new one didn't do, which is it went for the fun and the jokes and the, the sort of campiness, which yes. is this idea that there would be a Charlie's Angels. You exactly. have to blow that up. You have to blow that up. And the music and the soundtrack in Charlie's Angels is all like 70s classics, mostly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like, a, it's like a, a tribute to the original Charlie's Angels. It's so good. It's so good. I also think it understood something that the new Charlie's Angels didn't, which is like the Charlie's, the new Charlie's Angels. I, like what I like about the old Charlie's Angels, and maybe there's something weird about me saying this, but I like that they were like overtly sexual, yes. that they were like really in yes. control of their sexuality. And this new one sort of had like a almost like a chip on its shoulder about like feminism. Yeah, like it was just like no, they're not sexual. They're just yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just soldiers. And it's right. like okay, I I mean yes, but also that doesn't like. Let's not shame the movie that came first and the like female production team that put it together and like you know I don't it know. is it's it third wave. I feel like Charlie's Angels, the McGee two, the two McGee movies was very third wave feminist in the way that it was like they were empowered because of their sexuality, mm-hmm. not in spite of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and flip now, your goddamn hair is great. We're, okay. we're, it was amazing. And Lucy Liu, we stand. And now we are in the top fifty. Okay, number forty nine. En Vogue and Salt and Pepper collabing on, on What a Man. man. I mean. Come on. Come on. I mean, this is a huge moment. Um, Like, maybe best singing girl group of all time, En Vogue. I think so. And then, but just the most, I mean, it's a perfect marriage. Um, No one is compromised on the song. And, you know, you get, uh, you know, he's so crazy. I think I want to have your baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, perfect, like, seamless into rap. It's drenched. So good. Drenched in goodness. Come on. Here we go. Number 48, Billy Billy Porter's Curtain Hat. You can't say much about this other than iconic. Other than iconic and watch the video of it opening. It's very funny. It is very indicative of Billy Porter's fashion sense, which is a whole moment and it's represented here on the list. The list. The top 200. (laughs) Let's keep going. Number 47 is God God Warrior. You came to my mind. I saw her. I I went to go see her at her station. You came to my mind. You came to my mind. 
Honestly, the God Warrior speech from Wife Swap. It's beautiful. We saw Bob the Drag Queen do a lip sync to it. That was the next level. It broke it all open for me. I had I went home that night and I watched. I, I saw Bob do it at, at, at Barracuda. Went home, watched it, and I was like, I, maybe I even texted you. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is an incredible thing. Oh, it's an incredible moment in television history. And now did you know that she's like she, repentant? Yes, and she's like very woke. Yeah, she she's... like she <laughs> celebrates LGBTQ. And like she, and like she's like I think she's down with like like the uprising too and yeah. like Black Lives Matter. I think she's I like, love that. I think she's like fully like repented and she's like gone the opposite well, direction. Well, I mean to see yourself be that to see what you think is a normal yeah. thing be blown up and like become such a crazy moment in history. Maybe she ha- had some good uh reeducating. Yes, but that do. doesn't always happen, but like I just think the I'm going to I'm going to blow out the mic. She's not a Christian. No! <laughs> Amazing. She's no! not a Christian. No! Oh my god, it's tainted. Tainted. All right, number 46 is Fergie, Fergie singing the, the national, national anthem. anthem. Of course, she capped it off with, "Let's play some basketball." She's she makes it on list twice. A huge feat. I think earned them both. She was she she did a jazzy rendition of the national jazzy anthem. Jazzy rendition. And we love I, I don't think it's actually that embarrassing for her. I think she like No. She, she need not us, be embarrassed. No, she took us by the shoulders and she was like, You're gonna listen to me sing the national anthem. No, and she and I'm gonna do it my way. And it's gonna be a moment, and you know what? We're talking about it right now. And you know who we're not talking about right now? The all-star game. We're not talking about anyone else's version of the national oh, yeah. anthem except Fergie. Yes. Okay? You're right. Number forty-five. Tyra, Tyra Banks, Banks pretending, pretending to die slash faint on America's, America's Next, Next Top, Top Model. So of course this was the you really are the Tyra historian out of the two of us. Not really. I didn't, I didn't even watch that top model that much. Mm-hmm. But of course, we we know the moments, and the moments are you know, um, Eva and you know, all all the, the famous winners, <laughs> all the famous winners, all of them. But the, you remember this moment, right? She's she's sitting down with the girls on a chair. She's like, I'm really, mm-hmm. I really don't feel good. Anyway, um, okay, I just wanted to talk to you guys about this the challenge. But um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm just so tired. Okay. And then she gets up and then all of a sudden trips over herself and eats shit on the carpet of this room as the girls <laughs> freak out. And you just, you have to listen to these screams because the girls were like, no, 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 Tyra, no, Tyra, no, no. It's incredible. And Tyra just like flips her body so she lands like on her shoulders. Like you're not sure if she's seizing or if she's fainting. And then everyone's like, someone get her a water, get her a water. And then she gets up and then she, of course, famous, she goes, today we're gonna learn about acting. Oh my God. It's so relentless today on Today we're show. gonna learn about acting. Well, let's just go right into our next one, which is number 44. Tyra, Tyra Banks, Banks pretending, pretending to have rabies on Tyra. So this is when she took her acting to the next level and pretended that she was bitten by a dog who gave her rabies, foamed at the mouth live on stage during an interview and collapsed and roared at her guests like she was a dog. Barked to the camera. Like, <laughs> and so in Tyra's mind, having rabies is turning into a dog. That's what she was telegraphing, yes. And the fact that she took a sip from her from her like water bottle and like filled herself with like foam and then pretended to foam at the mouth and turn into a dog and growl at guests... I don't understand. She deserved the Emmy. She won the damn day time Emmy for this. She sure did. And she, she was the Kelly Clarkson of her time. And gonna have to agree with that one. And gonna have to say number 43 is Aretha, Aretha Franklin's, Franklin's Gowns interview. interview. 
the iconic sit down that Aretha did when she released her Diva Covers yes, album. Yes, yes. And she was asked about Taylor Swift, and she said, "Okay, gowns, gowns beautiful, beautiful gowns, gowns, great gowns, great gowns, and." Just watch it. Just watch. I mean, you know, if, if most of you know by now, on that one, that's from that interview. We that's love- a book of lies and trash is what that is. That is nothing but lies, lies and, and trash. trash. That is a book of lies and trash. And of course, Sissy's Baby. Sissy's Baby. I mean, Aretha Franklin, the grand dame of music, as far as I'm concerned, Holding mm-hmm. her, holding her place, and just not having any of it from this interviewer. Aretha was a talent, and moving forward, 42. we have Shore Agdashalu's voice. This is that deep voice, deeper than that. This is the deep voice. This is Shore. Like it's just a gorgeous. I can't even do it. She has an iconic the sound. Rasp. You can't has she be- really done a lot after House and Sand and Fog? No, she was on Grey's Anatomy. She was on. I think she's been on some shows in sort of the streaming era, era that we're not that we're just not thinking of. But we love Shore. I love Shore. Persian and I, I'm icon. trying to think. Like I think she was in one iconic thing, but it's like not jumping out to I me. I know. I know. House of Sand and Fog was pretty iconic. I well, guess. she had the Oscar nom. She had the Oscar nom. But I. It's a shame to me that she hasn't worked more because she's iconic and like beautiful. Oh, stunning! Someone and have who, you seen pictures of her from when she was young? Yes, gorgeous. But I'm saying like she's aged into her mm-hmm, beauty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, she was like a screen goddess. Um, okay, so speaking of goddesses, number forty-one, Greek, Greek mythology. mythology. I mean, oh, so many young girls are in these stories. Yes, a lot of young girls. We and young learn boys. about Zeus. Yes, we learn about rapist. Her- Oh, Zeus really? is a rapist. Really? So many Zeus babies are products of rape. I I'm sorry to, to bring the mood down. I have down. to read this again. Yes, I'm sorry to bring the mood down, but it's true. But like, I just want to say I have nothing to do with my ancestors. I apologize for them and I denounce them. Thank you. Thank you for taking accountability. But I feel like Greek mythology, if you, if you really dug into Greek mythology, you learned about the human condition and you learned mm-hmm. about the darkness and the light in humanity. And that's what we try to do in entertainment. Yes. Expose the darkness and the light. So thank you, Greeks. Thank you, Greeks. Now we have number 40. The, the opening, opening piano in a thousand, thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Carlton. You know it. You know it. You'll love it. We don't even It's a comedic beat in White Chicks. It's If you ever hear it, it is, it, I think is, I honestly think if that came on and we were on Molly, we would flip a <sighs> shit. It's transportive. Yes. It is, takes you back to another, I remember the first time I heard it, I was in the car on the way to catechism to study, to study the Catholic religion oh my God. on a Tuesday night. Wow. And I was in the car and I was like, we, I can't get out of the car yet. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, yeah. know what's happening with this song. When the strings come in, you're like, I, it has its damn claws in me. And iconic, iconic song, iconic song. And yes, I was in the car. It was on Radio Disney. And I was like, this is a huge, a huge Vanessa, Vanessa. And then that really was you forget, like, because that song was so huge, it feels one hit wonderish. But she also brought to you with White Houses and she brought it to you with Ordinary Day. Yes. We love Vanessa. I love Vanessa. She I believe she was on Broadway. She, I think she was in Beautiful she on Broadway. She was Beautiful. She mm-hmm. was in Beautiful. And you know what? She she edged out a lot of competition. She edged out Robin. She edged out, I mean, Aretha. 
Yeah, I mean, but she didn't get to the heights of number 39. No, which is Little, Little Mix hating, hating singing Black Magic. So this is a part of culture that you didn't know about until I told you. Yesterday, because I, we were listening to Little Mix and you were playing the bop of bops, thinking about you. What is it? It was, um, it was, have you, oh. do you think about us? Oh, think about us. I'm yeah. so sorry, I mistitled. Think about us, and I was like, put on Black Magic, and you said, well, no, they hate singing Black Magic. Uh, even though I like Black Magic, I, I said Black to Bo, and I was like, they don't like Black Magic, and then he was like, what? "What?" And I was like, "Have you ever seen the YouTube video of them being so over singing Black Magic?" And then we came back and we watched it, and it's true. Jesse Nelson, in particular, hates Black Magic, and there's a there, it's like this <laughs> clip of the many times they've sung it. They clearly hate, they hate doing it. it. They're so over. They're it. doing it acoustic. They hate it. And then there's a clip at the end, which is them all in quarantine drinking wine together, doing like an Insta Live or something. Oh, you do a great address the impression. And um, <laughs> go ahead. Oh no, here we go. This next question is, what's the song you hate doing the most? Black Magic. <laughs> black Magic. And they're like, oh yeah, you don't really, you really don't like Black Magic. And she's like, I've never really liked it, to be honest. Oh, Jesse. I love Little I Mix love and they're black iconic. Magic. And Black Magic is And we great. love Little Mix. Although I do, do think that if we had to sing it every day, we'd have to, we'd be really sick of oh, it Oh yeah, too. for sure. But okay, their harmonies when they sing that song acoustic are... Unreal. And the music video, I, I think, is an homage to the craft. Mm -hmm, we love mm -hmm, that. Very that. Number 38. Alfrey Woodard, Woodard on Desperate, Desperate Housewives. Housewives. Now, I I was a little bit questioning this one. You could have reordered it. You could have put Marsha Cross above Alfrey. But I think it's right that Alfrey is up here. Yes. Because Betty she, Applewhite. Betty Applewhite. And she iconically had two sons, one of which was a killer. And, and the, the other, other which was locked in the basement. Locked in the basement. Who she thought was the killer, but it was actually the other son who actually It was her son Matthew, girl. who was the hot one. Very hot actor. Crazy hot. Yes. He was also on True Blood, and you see him have sex many times. Great. That's perfect. He has sex with Rutina Wesley's character, Tara. Rutina. Oh my god, two gorgeous. Why people isn't sex. Rutina on the list? Rutina is one of the best actors we've had in television. I'm gonna say right now, Rutina. We apologize. You were an honorable mention. Honorable mention. You and Nicole Scherzinger are honorable mentions. Yes. Rutina. Rutina. And also Anna Paquin's Gap. Anna Paquin's Gap. And she made it work. And the iconic gay sex scene on True Blood between Alexander Skarsgård and Ryan Quantin. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. But I just want to say before we move on, Alfred Woodard on Desperate Housewives. Just... Mm-hmm. Great work. Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated. The acting is so restrained. And, like, you can tell there's a darkness behind... Whoever this character is, and mm -hmm. she just pursed lips. Alfre Woodard can act her ass off with, oh, her pursed, yeah. with her pursed lips. And also, please, if you want more Alfre, go see Heart and Souls. Yes. Um, okay, number 37. Murder, Murder on, on the, the Stupid, Stupid Bitch, Bitch Express. Express. This is... <laughs> Come on, Matt, what is it? It's the iconic two-episode. the iconic two-part episode of our very favorite podcast. Nympho Hosted Wars. by... Macy Rodman and Theta Hamill called Nympho, Nympho Wars. Wars. And I have never laughed so hard so soon yes. into the beginning of a podcast episode. It starts off with an improvised transaction scene and somehow it works. It works. Oh, you've never seen it. Like I mean, this. okay, for people who don't know improv at this point, who does? You can't be doing transaction scenes. You can't be doing transaction scenes, but Macy and Theta make it work so well. I mean, Joel Kim Booster has said. Um, that you are the Macy of this podcast. You're, wow. you're, 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 you are sort of the, the joy, the chaotic good that's just the id. running amok. Yes, and I am sort of the straight man who has to straight man against 
everything. And I, I've never been more flattered. I love that for us. I'm also flattered. And I, I, I thank Joel. Nympha Wars is a superior podcast in every way. I would say it's better than ours. Please listen to it. Wow, that. to qualify. I'm sorry. And I, no, I, would, I wouldn't disagree. And also I would say, Joel Kim Booster, thank you so much, but you didn't make the list. You didn't make you the didn't list, You didn't make Joel. the list. Not this time. Uh, number 36. Eva, Eva Longoria saying hyaluronic acid. I've never been struck by a cosmetics, a skincare commercial in my life. Her energy has inspired me from the beginning. Gabrielle Solis Mm -hmm. down to hyaluronic acid. Yeah, I mean, I've been inspired every step of the way. She's the queen of one-liners, and this is, in its own way, a one-liner. The queen of Corpus Christi, Texas. Thank you. The queen of Corpus Christi, Eva Number 35. Documentaries Documentaries about important subjects, subjects. such as global warming. Such as whales. Such as um, the way that... um, you can go from being a waitress in the Bronx to becoming a yes. congresswoman. The youngest congresswoman. Yes. And, you know, there are so many documentaries out there. Mm. And we we would suggest that if you are someone who, you know, it's not easy for you to read a book, but you want to learn, you could watch a documentary. I would say, in a lot of ways, Matt Rogers, <gasps> famously more of a documentary watcher, I'm famously kind of, I read a little bit more books than Matt. But I would say Matt is maybe in general more informed than I am on certain subjects. And it's because he watches the documentaries. Lately, I've been watching a lot of documentaries and absorbing a lot of new information, which is new for me. I usually just kind of live in my own world. (laughs) But now that I'm in quarantine, I've actually been branching out in terms of my interests and educating myself. I love, I want you to school my ass on Jeffrey Epstein whenever you can. I could. Um, Okay, so number 34. Rachel Rachel McAdams McAdams from from 2004 to 2006. We had Mean Girls. We had Wedding Crashes. We had The Notebook. We had Red, Red Eye. Eye. That this I, is like right around Family Stone, and it ended. Yes, and I made sure to look up when Family Stone came out. Family Stone was two thousand five. I want to say mm. maybe two thousand six. What a run of movies! Like, like could do everything. A moment though for an actor who deserved who like fully rose to the occasion on mm-hmm. every single on every single level every single time. I think it's like, I remember at the time being a fucking teenager and being like, wow, this is huge. Yeah. And I I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this actress. I was going on her. She I, has star quality. She had star quality. I was going on her IMDb every damn day, commenting on the damn message boards, being like, wow. I love Rachel McAdams. You were a super fan. I haven't really shared this with you. I was, I used to go on Canadian the, queen. Canadian queen. I would always, I would go on all the IMDb message boards. Cause back in the day you had at the bottom of, of every profile message boards. And I would go to the ones of like Sean Hayes. And I'd be like, guys, do we think Sean Hayes is really gay? Like I would like <laughs> start up these, these conversations. Oh my God. You were a little troll. I was a little troll. I was a little, you know, a little reply guy, a little keyboard warrior. But you love Miss Rachel. I loved Miss Rachel so much. And th- what a string of hit- hits in this, in this time period. She really nailed it. Um, what do you have to say about Rachel? What do I have to say about Rachel? She has that like iconic, just like, intangible quality. Yes. And I mean, during this time, it was, when you talk about, like, great comedic performances, you can't really do much better than Regina George and Mean Girls. Uh, She also fully carried Red Eye the whole time. Like, and it was a really kind of, it got me in the movie theater for a movie like that, which I never would go to, like, a thriller like that. Yes. Awesome. Wedding Crashers, she's so winning, and, like, you're so rooting for them to get together because she's incredible. And then also, The Notebook is, you know pulpy yes. but she is giving you romantic drama lead thank you and okay wedding crashers like so charming and like yeah her and owen wilson it's like i'm on you like white on rice like oh my god so, like i'm like that's hot i want like mm-hmm. this is pulling me in 
the notebook. I didn't know this, but during filming, her and Ryan Gosling hated each other. Yes, couldn't stand each other. And then they started dating when the movie came out. Yeah, when it came, like, but he like tried to get her replaced. Yes. I think he was like, "It's either her or me," and they were like, "No." Rachel McAdams, and of course, the famous moment in the Family Stone. I don't care what you think. Oh, um, of course you, you do. do. Small work. Small work. And it's then, so shocking to me that her Oscar nomination is for Spotlight, a movie where she doesn't do much. I know. She I listens know. well. She listens. She's good. She listens to Michael Cyril Creighton. Um, but you said something to me recently where you were like, her performance as Regina George like did influence female behavior mm-hmm. in it our did. generation. It did. It it in it specifically influenced what girls thought was dominant social behavior. Yes. Her Literally, her vocal delivery, her inflections, her state of being, the way she carried herself, all trickled down to actual girls trying on the sort of visage of Mean Girl. In a way that, like, I don't know, I didn't go to school in the 80s or the 90s, but it's like, that didn't really happen in, like, after Heathers came out, you know? It's like, 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 Regina George is like... No, it's that thing. It's like a blessing and a curse because you have people like that who are so good yes. that you want to be like them. Yeah. And when they're playing someone mean, it's like careful. Y- y- that's the thing. Yeah. It's like I mean, and that's literally kind of what the movie is about. Yeah, it's about yeah, idol yeah. worship amongst peers yes. or amongst people that are like attainable to be around and become. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, what you'll do to become that, and I think it weirdly played it played out. Yes. Um, yes. For people that were too young to understand what was going on. But that's the impact of Rachel. I mean, she's incredible. Incredible. Um, all right. Number 33, we have Lemonade, Lemonade by, by Beyonce. Beyonce. Remember when we didn't know what this was going to be? That it was just her in the, in the, in the dreads mm-hmm. and like, it, like, we had just like the album art. Just the album art. It was her in the six inch like setup. Yeah. And the world, the word Lemonade. Lemonade. It was actually, it was, um, don't hurt yourself. Um, oh, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, yes, it yes, was. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, and so she was just had the title Lemonade, and it was like, is it like a Purple Range real right. film? Like, is it a collection of music videos? Is it an album? Is uh-huh, it what uh-huh. is it? Is it going to be short, long? And it ended up being, you know, uh, like long form music video art piece. With and like it poetry was poetry and like. Yeah. like a tribute to like Yoruba tribal motifs. Like, like it was. And like I, we're recording this uh, on the eve, not the, on the eve. Uh, Black is King is about to come out. Mm-hmm. Her next visual album, inspired by her time working on The Lion King, like you know, Lemonade is huge culture. Twenty sixteen, huge I mean, culture, and uh, like really, just I would say, in many ways, a response to the times as well, and as well as being a personal reflection. Yes, and a per- and almost like a personal explanation. Um, oh yeah, and a, and a, a way to sort of. Um, cinematically tell her story I put it in quotes because you never really know what's true but the the beautiful thing about Lemonade is like she like it is it, it did serve as an explanation as to why she was staying with Jay-Z mm-hmm. but in a way like she'd fully closed herself off at that point in mm-hmm. terms of like not doing any press and it was yes. just, like she kept it private while also publicly publicly controlling what the public saw like I mean the, the, the narrative around the marriage. and remaining queen Incredible. 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 Um, okay, so number 32, we have Disney's, Disney's fairy tale weddings in real life and, and also, also the, the Disney, Disney Plus show. What what has happened this week? So this week I got into LA and you know, 
we were sitting around and we were thinking of something to watch and then we put on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. went to the show, Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings. Season one was on Freeform, season two is on Disney Plus. And I can't even really put this into words. Matt, can you help? Like, what is so special about this show? It's camp. Yes. (laughs) It's stock footage of Disney locations. Yes. It's character driven. Yes. It's really about the characters who appear on the show and why they want to get married. And you are laughing at them in in the beginning, but then by the end, you are crying with them. Because you are just so moved. And it's purity. It's pure. And it's truly also budget. It's budget. It's budget. It's purity. It's good intentions meets commercial masturbation in a way that is just like, I I think it's funny because it's so manipulative, but I respect that about it. But you still enjoy it in spite of that. And look, like... You know, it's these people who are getting married in the Disney parks or on, on a Disney cruise or any Disney property at like six in the morning or two in the morning when the parks close are closed so that no one else is around. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, the parks used to be open every single day of the week at many hours of the day. But, you know, just to see these people like be go on this journey, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. And it beat out Lemonade by Beyonce. And it beat out Lemonade by Beyonce by one spot. Apologies to her. But you know who didn't make the list at all? Adele. Adele. Um, number 31. Wendy, Wendy Williams, Williams fainting. fainting. Huge. When she was dressed as the Statue of Liberty and took that tumble, I think we all had to ask what's going on. What's going and on? And she was fine. She was fine. And Wendy's had a lot of moments. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm, I mean... Let's just say she said more problematic and done more problematic things than good. Yes. But we love her. We love her. And we respect her. Yeah. And we thank her for her recent apologies about when she said that guys should stop, quote, dressing up as us. And we just, in her in that very apology, she iconically misused the term bon vivant. She thought, you know, I don't know what it means. I don't know French. But when I hear the words bon vivant, I think... Um, I think, you know, do whatever you want. I forget what it was, but she <laughs> fully makes up a definition for Bon Vivant. Well, I don't believe that Wendy Williams does even a second of research before no. she gets on stage. And I think that's actually how I want it to stay. I don't want Wendy Williams to change. I want it to remain her having a 20% understanding of all the things that she talks about. I think that's actually better because it's more reflective of how people actually talk. That's true. And I am actually behind what I'm saying Thank there. Thank you. Um, number 30. Right. Why, Why did you, you do, do that? that? Why did you do that, do that, do that, do that, do that to me? You said in the car the other day, Gaga's never gone harder on a song. Never gone harder. I mean, we were this sprang from the notion that I put forward, which is that Gaga never goes, never pulls back. She's never subtle on her songs. Mm-mm. But she's never like gone full maximalist as she has on Why Did You Do That? Never. I don't think we've ever seen a second verse ripped into with such passion as, Cause ever since the on my knees! That I, and then that ends in the iconic, Why are you doing that? I mean, like, it's just, it's so unhinged. Yes. And was such a effective part of the movie because you got in a second what kind of pop star she had become. Yes. Later on, Diane Warren, the writer of the show, would say, actually, it wasn't supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be a real good pop song. And here's the thing. She's so wrong and so right at the same time, which makes it a major success for me. Thank you. And her iconic orange hair. Why did you do that is a Rorschach test of pop music. And I mean, we got Alec Baldwin saying, ladies and gentlemen, Allie. Allie. 
And you had Jenna Rossitano, stage manager at SNL, going, Alec in five, four, four three. three. I mean, it was a moment. And it, your family. My family. My family. The next is number 29. Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy season two finale. The amount of things that were happening in the Grey's Anatomy season two finale just made you appreciate what had been done all season long. And the way that it closed some loops and stories, left others open. Mm -hmm. You had Sandra Oh running to Preston Brooks' hand and just doing a ballet, the ballerina pose and just mm -hmm. like staying there. Meanwhile, we have the, the death of um, Denny Duquette. Denny had just happened and Izzy making the realization that she needs to quit being a surgeon and leaving the cut right to... Well, um, I guess that puts an end to the evening. Yep, they leave, and then the iconic moment with Meredith Grey looking at Dr. Derek Shepard and the veterinarian, played by Chris O'Donnell. Finn Dandridge. Finn Dandridge, wow. And they, Finn Dandridge. Finn Dandridge. And they both say, Meredith, as if they want the hair to come with them, and she just iconically looks up to this guy to those final notes of chasing cars by Snow Patrol, and that was the moment that I knew that culture was for me. That was the moment that I knew culture was for me. I remember texting all of my friends, and I or calling them, and that was back in the day of minutes, just being like, "Did you watch Grey's Anatomy?" Yeah, and God, I mean, there it doesn't get more 2006 than that. Snow Patrol. I have to say, that was a moment in time, and it's at 29. It could very easily be higher. This I is agree. when it's starting to get tough. Yes. <laughs> this is when it starts to get tough, and we are almost two hours in, and I'm realizing now we're going to have to do a third episode of this. No. That's just the way it's going to have to be, and I'm sorry to our producers. Wait, You're going to have to text me because we're, we're not going to. We're going to. Literally, it's about to be a two-hour episode. We can blast through. No, no we can't. Okay, all right. Number 28. <laughs> Rain on, on me. me. Rain on me was a moment in culture yes. that just happened. Yes. But you can't, it is, I, here's what I think. Yeah. It's our enough is enough, no more tears. Yes. It's, yes, you're so right. That's all I have to say. I mean, rain on me when, when we have rain on me, tsunami in the same song as Ariana Grande's transition up in the end of the bridge. There is so much going on here. I'd rather we drive, but at least I'm alive. Rain on me. Rain on me. Water like misery. It's coming down on me. The, a moment in culture. The duo that is Ariana and Gaga. I Can I just say, I feel like we're doing great, and I feel like we can just blast through. There is no way. <laughs> what do you mean? There is no way, and you're wasting time here. We're going to get to 25, and then we're going to stop. Oh, Number 27, Pumpkin, Pumpkin Spitting on New York. Go ahead, talk about this. This had been a, this had been like the feud all season long in Flavor of Love season one. Pumpkin in New York, just hating each other. New York waving a knife in Pumpkin's face in the kitchen every day, mm -hmm. calling Pumpkin ugly, you know, all this stuff. Pumpkin gets eliminated, and mm -hmm. New York is just tearing into her as she's doing her goodbye hugs. Um, and then she's, and then Pumpkin's hugging Hoops, the eventual winner of, of Flavor of Love season one. Hoops is, is telling her not to listen, not to engage with New York. New York is, is over there screaming at Pumpkin, telling her how ugly she is. <laughs> and of course, it all escalates when Pumpkin says, actually, I could slap the shit out of you. And the iconic timbre on New York saying, do it! Slap me, bitch! <laughs> and then the loogie that gets hawked and lands right on New York's chin and the 
the, just the oh, what? And then the just, propelling that ah, that New York the does motion. towards pumpkin. Just this, like you see her soul sort of yes. march forward, and her body goes with it. It's just you, motherfucking whore. <laughs> Do you see that bitch? Fucking spit in my motherfucking face, <laughs> bitch! I will take you out. What a oh, moment! It was truly. <laughs> it started something. It started a conversation I, I amongst had, reality show yes. villains, past and present yes. and future. And it said, this is the bar. Come see me up here. Come see me up here because you weren't even sure who was the villain in that situation. No, but we know it was New York. We know. And was, you know you love New York. I had not heard of New York until the Tiffany spit happened. Tiffany Pollard. Mm. I had not heard of Tiffany Pollard until the spit happened. Everyone at school was talking about it. I was like, I have to go to someone's house who has cable, who has VH1, and I have to watch this. To the point where I would go on business trips with my dad just so I could stay in the hotel room mm. and watch marathons of Flavor of Love. Oh my God. So I could study that is deep. This one, I was like, I was obsessed with New York. This is huge. Okay. I mean, I get it. Well, because I'm taking my time talking about New York because I guess we're doing a third episode. No, we are. What do, what do you have to say about New York? What do I say about New York? I mean, an original? Yes. Someone that I think was probably destined to become famous and a yes. star and got there. Yes. And I think that ultimately with New York, you, what you have is someone who usurped even yes. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. And she, I think, is Omarosa-esque in this fashion. Yes. Because I believe that by the time Omarosa is dead, she'll be more famous and villainous than Donald J. I Trump. I think so, too. I have, I want to, that's an amazing, amazing prediction. I want to say really quickly that New York, I mean, all of Flavor of Love, seasons one and two, filled with transphobic, you know, insults. You look like a man, you look like a man. Even New York at some points was was saying this to people. Mm -hmm. Pumpkin, um, not excluded. But the season two reunion of Flavor of Love, mm -hmm. New York shows up. You had Boots, Buck Wild, um, and Delicious all going crazy mm. as soon as they see New York at the reunion. And then Boots especially being like, screaming at New York, you look like a drag queen, you look like a drag queen. And instead of being offended, New York goes, yes, and it's fabulous, embraces it. Yes, and it's fabulous. fabulous. Like, does not like see it as an insult. Queer icon. Queer icon was like, yes, and, and it's fabulous. Queer icon, erect a statue of New York in front of Stonewall. Thank you. And now for the last one for this episode, number 26, Alyssa Edwards, Edwards versus Tatiana, Tatiana Lipsync. Lip Shut up and drive. To shut up and drive, and then to know that they both won the lip sync at the end after truly deserving to. Yes. The look on Tatiana's face when she realizes she won. The look on Alyssa Edwards' yeah. face when they realize they both won. The look on Fifi's face. The look on Fifi's face, the face crack. Yes. Honestly, this was a moment in time. It was two queens who were going for it out of the joy of being drag yes. queens. They both had nothing to lose. Flips, kicks, twirls, yep. hair. There was so much good hair in that performance. Such great I hair. think one of the best lip syncs of ever. all time. Because you had Tatiana in the white getup and Alyssa in like the black version with the mm -hmm. and they had similar hair. Visual opposites. Visual opposites. And then they both got brought back into the competition. It was so satisfying. And to have Fifi leave, to have them both vote for Fifi. Unbelievable. When All Stars was All Stars. Oh my God. That is the lip sync to show someone if you want to show someone how a lip sync is turned yes. on Drag Race. That is the one to do. Okay, so that is part, part two, two of, three. of Spectacular. Top 200 moments in culture history, parentheses, our 200th episode, part two. There will be a part three, which was a twist that was even revealed to us during the episode. 
And how are you feeling about it? I think we're going to have a conversation with um, head of content Hans, executive producer Anna, engineer Doug about scheduling. You know, I did not anticipate a third part to this. I mean, I didn't think, I thought we'd get all this done in one episode. Do you remember the days? I remember the days. <laughs> remember the days of us thinking we could fly through this in one episode, but we're just too chatterboxian? Oh my God. By the time this is over, it will be an iconic feat. And now I think that when we have the 25 in their own episode, we can spend more time on each thing. I agree. And it's about the readers. It's about the readers. So 25 divided by 120. Let's say that's that's a two hour episode. That is, okay, like I can't do the math right now, but let's just, this, this is what has not changed. Number one is number, number one. Number one is still number one. It's still number one for a reason. And we're going to look at the list and we're going to see if everything is in its right place. Yes. <laughs> because actually it's it's actually a kind of iconic what can happen. Things can be, t- nothing can be taken from 25 to 100, but things from the top 25 can change. And can be even taken out and new things added in. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how much you forget. And that's actually culture. It's rule of culture number six. You'd, you'd be, be surprised, surprised how, how much, much you forget. forget. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very happy you made this call. I should never doubt your judgment. This is going to be huge. And before the clock strikes, strikes two hours, we're going to finish out with a song and we're going to see you tomorrow. And that song is... I get you where you want to go if you know what I mean. Gotta ride that smoother than a limousine. Got my hair on the curve, got my head on the line. If you come and be burning Go from zero to 60, 3.5. Baby, you got the keys. Shut up and drive, 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 drive. Shut up and drive, 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 drive. See you tomorrow. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly burst. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 